that I didn't have um, a Heineken or a PBR in the fridge. Right? Which is so unlike me. No. But I'm having a Modelo. I'm having a Cherry Coke. When they were at the, when they're first at the bar, I was like, oh my God, they're drinking Heinekens. And I, then it was like, <laughs> Heineken, eh? And I was like, whoa. I talk about it for like five minutes. I remember it's I had the so exact same experience funny. the first time I watched it. I was like, haha, Heineken. Then I was like, they know it's Heineken. <laughs> I was like, Heineken better have financed the shit out of this movie. Or PBR, honestly. Maybe they don't want to be associated, though. Yeah, that's a good point. Maybe maybe also Pabst Blue Ribbon does they not They don't want to be Frank Booth's favorite beer. No. <laughs> Welcome to the Fright of Your Life podcast. I'm Tara. And I'm Riley. And we're here to walk you through the 100 scariest movie moments of all time. As determined by the Bravo TV network in the year 2004. And this week, the movie that got the 84th scariest movie moment is the 1986 movie blue velvet directed by david lynch let's go let's go indeed the music in this movie uh is by angelo badalamenti who else might know as a yeah exactly as a frequent collaborator of david lynch i just wanted to mention that because i think he's neat (laughs) he's so neat and he's good at his job he is he's out there doing that jazzy Thing that we all know and love we know the <laughs> yep that's exactly it sorry god no you're right i started it but something you should know about us is that we are big old fans of twin peaks boy um <laughs> Wait, oh my God, can I tell the story? Yeah, tell it. Um, so, okay. I don't remember what made me do it, but one day in college, I think this was still freshman year. Yeah, it was freshman year. So I was like, yeah, because we were in Brown. Old. Yeah, no, I don't mean this to, I don't mean this to be like shamey because the first episode is so much. But I, um, and the thing is, like, from there, I didn't really continue it. Yeah. But I, I was like, Riley, there's this show, Twin Peaks, we should watch it. And Riley was like, yeah, let's watch it. And we sat down and we were watching it. And it was just like an hour and a half of people hysterical crying over the death of a young woman. <laughs> so I remember Riley was like, I'm not really feeling it. And I was like, okay, I'm going to finish the episode because it's so goddamn long. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's all, it's just, it's upsetting. Like, it was, it was like 45 totally... minutes in and I was like, not for me. <laughs> yeah, no. Also, like, it was freshman year. Nobody was okay. <laughs> um, and so I, I guess I watched some of it and then I fell off. Like, I never finished the first season even. Anyway, and so then we were both kind of kind of like, all right. And then I, one of my friends who I'm no longer friends with because she's not actually a good person <laughs> was like, oh, you got to watch Twin Peaks because she loves anything that's fucked up. Um, she like really wanted me to find out who killed Laura so mm. we could like talk about that. Like that was why, you know. Listen. She would show you anything that would make, like she would like freak out if you didn't cry, like and analyze you and shit. Ew. And then like. I don't know. She would just make me watch movies where women got raped all the time. And I was like, hey, I don't like, yeah. That, see, that like, like reminds me of me like when I was like 12 and 13. I was like, right. When I was like describing the plot of Human Centipede to like all the kids in the hallway. And I was like, so <laughs> fucked up. Right. But that was like when you were 12 and she was like that from 12 until <laughs> further notice. Yeah. So I just like, I, I tapered out and there we are. And then in the, like, during quarantine at some point, Riley texted me, guess what I'm doing? And I was like, what? And she was like, watching Twin Peaks. And I was like, oh, oh my God. I was like five episodes deep at that point. I was like, in it, in it, before I texted you. (laughs) 
and I was like, do you like it this time? Like, or are you just like tiring it out? And you were like, no, I'm obsessed. And I was like, oh my God, oh my God. So I started rewatching Twin Peaks. I was like, I can't think about Um, anything else actually. Yeah, no. And then I also couldn't think about anything else. And then um, we watched the entire return together. Mm-hmm. In like, um, what was it like two or it was like four episode chunks. We would do like four hours. Yeah, at a time. we would do like several. Yeah, we would. We would because it was like deep quarantine. It was. Yeah. And I think I didn't have a job. Yeah. I was like peak unemployment. Just like watching the return all night and drinking yeah. beer. It was. Oh, my God. It was the it really was like it was the best of times. It was the worst of times. <laughs> exactly. We like it up there. Like the long and short of that is I watched the first episode of Twin Peaks and hated it. And now the year is 2022 and I have the Criterion Collection Firewalk with me. So right. <laughs> you connect the dots. Uh, I was telling my mom we were going to watch Blue Velvet and she's like, oh, like, and I was like, yeah, you know, Kyle MacLachlan. And she's like, yeah, and Laura Dern. And I was like, oh, I don't think Laura Dern's in this one. <gasps> That's Wrong. so exciting. Because I was like, oh, no, no, she's in Wild at Heart. Even though, like, logically, I know they met on a movie set. Yeah. Is this the one, though? I think so, because... Because he was 27 and she yeah. was 19. Yeah, she was, like... It was, like, her first day Horrendous. of college she got the part or something. So I yes! imagine that's oh how my they God. met. And so I did this once at another in another movie where somebody I wasn't expecting to be in the movie was in the movie. And I was like, oh! And then Chris yeah. and I were watching it and I kept yelling the name of everybody in the credits. I think was it was Pacific, Pacific Heights? Heights. I think I didn't know it was going to be... Metcalf. It was Laurie Metcalf. You're so fucking right. And so in that grand tradition, my first few notes say, Laura Dern, Brad Dorif, Jack Nance. Tara, the way like my first 18 notes are all about the opening credits. <laughs> literally. And then I was like, Angelo Bartolomenti. Like, <laughs> like literally the opening credits are so good. But I would also be remiss not to mention that even before that, my very first note I have written down is baby wants to fuck. Because <laughs> this movie is so iconic. <laughs> I was waiting for that, like, just uh, cheeks clenched. <laughs> I was Ass like, oh, God, when's shaking, it going to happen? Waiting for baby wants to fuck. But then all, like, first page of notes is just about the opening credits. Well, because David Lynch loves, like, a backdrop. That man loves blue. He does. He loves a primary color. <laughs> that's a that's a bingo spot. I made um, a bingo board. Um, because we'll tweet it. It's so good. Of- yes, thank you. Um, I've been watching a lot of Jarvis Johnson playing Darman Bingo. Mm-hmm. Shout out Jarvis, friend of the pod. I'm kidding. But oh my God, Jarvis guest on the pod. I would cry. So we open with our credits on like a flowy blue velvet huh? background. <laughs> not even not even like a second in and they like quote unquote said the name of the movie. Literally. Get it out of the way. Right? They said, hey, That's <laughs> guess like, the fuck what? I think every movie should be required to have dedicated opening credits like this where you get to see yeah. everyone's name. Because it was literally like, yeah. I was just like cheering in my office, like sitting yes. on my desk chair. Like, welcome back to the fright of your life stage, Brad Dorif. Hey. <laughs> I know the fact that I had the gall to be shocked that Jack Nance was in this movie. I'm like, oh, uh, yeah, Jack Nance, the man in every David Lynch movie and TV show episode in like, creation. Oh, oh, it's him. It's it him. Literally. <laughs> yeah. And also, additionally, R.I.P. to Dean Stockwell, um, who passed yeah. away last year. And I remember oh, no. the day he died, like everyone and their mother posted a particular scene from this movie uh, in reference to him. And I just think that's like so special and remarkable to have like is. such an impact. Like one thing you did, everyone's like, yes. oh, that fucking rocked. It really does. And it's I can't so wait to talk good. about it because it's so, he's so oh, wonderful. Man. And that scene is so wonderful. Yeah, that scene is fucking stunning fantastic just so good i don't want to transition us out of the credits Please, too I think we quickly better. 
Um, but that fade into the sky from the blue velvet made yes. me very excited and happy. I was just like, ah, brilliant. Which, like, yes. I'm sure the naysayers and like not to say that like the naysayers like you don't have to fucking like david lynch it's okay yeah it's don't. been a tumultuous day on twitter it's <laughs> okay to like david lynch it's okay to not like david lynch let's all just Literally, get along like right before i like got ready to eat dinner i was like i saw a thing where i was like i don't care what you all say i love david lynch and i was like oh Whoa, god boy. and then i was like he didn't do anything he just is out here making his little weird movies just one woman made a tweet and everyone lost their minds yeah, like, hey guys, it's it's okay. It's okay. we review movies on here that we don't like. It's okay. We're all fine. Um, yeah, we're vibing. David Lynch is all right. He's still doing his numbers. David Lynch is fine about and his that weather. tweet. I'm sure he's gonna be a okay. Thank you. <laughs> they won't take his awards away. It's fine. No, but uh, anyway, he did the most basic thing ever, and I was like, whoa, genius! I was like, primary colors, idyllic suburbia, so Lynchian. And like without an ounce of irony, like I was really sincere. You're right though. Okay, guys, I got a bracelet kit in the mail. It's supposed to arrive today on the day of the recording of the podcast, but it got here last night. Oh, hell And I'm yeah. literally wearing a little beaded bracelet that says Lynchian. So Lynchian um, of you. And also one that says Kale. <laughs> um, anytime he did anything fucking weird in this movie, I was like, oh, Kale. Yeah, literally. And then I have one that says Twin Peaks, which I made just now while watching Twin Peaks before we recorded. <laughs> so safe to say we like David Lynch, okay? Yeah. I'm wearing three David Lynch bracelets <laughs> right now. God fucking damn Very Kieran Culkin of you, no? Right? <laughs> God. And then this is, I'm naive, but I didn't know that Blue Velvet was a song on its own. And I was like, is this a David Lynch original? Which it's not, but it feels very much like it, it might could as well be. be. Yeah. Yeah. One of the songs is... Um, uh, not only is one of the songs a David Lynch original, it is fucking sung by Julie Cruz, who is the lady at the Roadhouse. Oh, I could, I could totally tell. I was like, this is Twin right? Peaks right now. That's happening to me. <laughs> yeah, literally, literally. I think it's like right at the very end. It's like the mysteries of love, which I feel like comes up. I think in it's Twin in Peaks. Twin Peaks. Yeah, yeah. For sure. So when I say like a David Lynch original, I think he may have only written the one song. He's written a couple for Twin Peaks, like but the lyrics. He likes them. <laughs> He does. He likes to write a little song, and he also likes to include a little song that already exists. <laughs> and something else that David Lynch likes to do is start you off in a setting where everything is so normal, and everything's yes. fine, and everyone's happy, and you're just waiting for the disruption. And mama, that's Lynchian. Oh, yeah, baby. And this disruption comes as we see a man watering his lawn, and he pretty immediately has a stroke and collapses to the ground. It's a lot. I yeah. was like getting too like funky fresh with the <laughs> what? Um, I was getting too wacky with this because his hose gets like um like like wrapped around a tree branch yeah. kind of like a and it's right kind of then that it sets in and I was like oh my god is he choking himself with the hose like is he in the bush is he God like no <laughs> he's just having a stroke maybe that's what like your brain tubes do when you have a stroke like they squeeze maybe. like that yeah maybe they constrict maybe like no air airflow. Uh, blood flow also i i can't not mention right in the the beginning where everything's getting all idyllic we have this like direct address kind of he doesn't say anything but the fire the fireman there's a fire truck that goes by <laughs> he waves right and just looks you dead in the eye through he the does. camera and he's got a little dalmatian and i was very excited so about that scary. dalmatian but anyway this guy has a big old heart attack or cardiac event i don't know pulmonary event something bad stroke i think I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, but then, so he like collapses to the ground and we pan like into the ground for this terrifying shot of like swarming <sighs> beetles. 
It's so and, gross. And like the beetle imagery comes back later. And this is where I'm already about to sound stupid about a David Lynch no. movie, like five minutes into it. But I believe it's supposed to represent like evil or like unsettling no, totally right. stuff. Yeah, like right below the surface because it's right under like yeah. the nice grass. Just like seething Fully. beetles. Yes. No, you're totally right. I mean, when I say you're totally right, I read that somewhere. I was just sort of <laughs> like, oh, bugs. <laughs> bugs are bad. Also, after um, the gentleman has um, the stroke, there's like a dog in the uh, in the yard who <laughs> yes. I learned his name is Sparky. Aww. And he like goes over to the owner and he's kind of trying to like bite drink out of the he's hose. Trying, he's biting at the hose water. He's just like jumping up and down on this man's crotch and i was like that actor just like deserves a fucking oscar like it's so aggressive because he's jumping up and it's just he's like pummeling this man's it's really great right it's so funny like i'm and then there's like a baby toddles out i'm like holy shit we got dogs and babies and men having a stroke my next note says, oh, my fucking God, logs, logs, logs. Are logs, you joking? Logs, logs, is also my next note because yeah. we see the welcome to Lumberton sign and we hear like Come on. an ad for logs. There's like a little jingle about <laughs> yeah. Lumberton logs. And the radio station is called W-O-O-D. Get I the fuck out of town. Man. I can't believe this shit. But this this little jingle heralds in the entrance of none other than Kyle McLaughlin. Kale. Oh. <laughs> um, here comes our boy. I I was literally so alarmed by how like how much of a baby he looked like. I googled how old he was at the time of filming. I was freaking out. I was like, he's underage. I'm a predator. <laughs> no. He's a he teen was boy. older than I am now. Literally, he looks like 18 tops. I know. He's such a baby. I can't. Uh, but he is, in fact, a baby because he's playing Jeffrey, who is the son of yeah. the man we just saw have a stroke. And he is coming home from college to assist. Oh, my God. And so the first thing we see is him just kind of like walking around throwing rocks. And I was like, he learned how to throw those rocks in Tibet. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm never not thinking about Twin Peaks. This is a disease. Mental illness, love. Um, but he's walking around tossing some rocks and he finds something that is sure not a rock. You want to tell the people what they want, Riley? He's like being moody in a field because he's sad about his dad being yeah. in the hospital. And bends down to find a severed human ear. Mm. <laughs> uh, not the vibe. What the fuck? Um, and it's like moldy and hairy and there's <laughs> oh ants Oh my god, in yeah. It. Oh, the ants, right. Awful. Fuck. It's so much. Also, speaking of ears, um, I did not notice this the first time I watched the movie, but Kyle has a little earring. I couldn't stop looking at it. I totally missed it the first time I saw this movie, but I was like, is that a little hoop? I, the first time I noticed it, I wrote it down. So, oh, I, it's, I noticed it so, I noticed it in the field. Okay. Go My off. notes go as follow. I just, I, I uh, immediately, as soon as he picked up the ear, I was like, I found this ear and I have to fuck about it because that's the <laughs> only thing I knew about this movie going in. Oh, so true. Was that it's a sex movie. Um, and then I said, I felt like a predator cause I wasn't sure how old he was, but he's <laughs> fully older than I have ever he's been like currently. 30. Yeah. It's like. Um, and then I said, don't take it with, he like finds a paper bag. He like wraps it up as you would some leftovers at a restaurant. Yeah. I was like, don't take it with you. Don't um, touch the ear. Right? Just bare hands. But um, it was at that moment that I noticed he was wearing a little earring and I lost my fucking mind. It's incredible. I was so struck by it. It's the tiniest sliver of a hoop earring. Like, it's I like missed crazy. it for the entire movie the first time I watched this movie. Yeah, like, Wild. absolutely unbelievable. Anyway. 
So he does, in fact, pick up the ear and he takes it to the like the most smiley police officer in the world. Like he's <laughs> yeah. so fucking happy to be presented with this ear. Yeah. And he's like, oh, tell me exactly where you found it. Like if I like. I feel like in any other universe, the cops would be like, why the fuck did you take that away from the crime scene? Like, now your prints are on it, blah, blah, blah. But, but he's, he's like, oh, like, my God, thanks. Wow, look at this ear. He's um, like, yep, that's a human ear. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's like, well, you think, like, what kind of ear do you think? And he's like, I don't know, probably human. He's like, yep, that's what it is. <laughs> like, it's very dead dove, do not eat. Um, oh, God. And there was this was when I first realized there was, like, hair on the out, like, on the scalp of the ear. And I yes. freaked out because it was so gross. Yes. So they take that ear to, like, a doctor or a coroner. And he adds that it looks like it was cut off by a pair of scissors, which we will want to <sighs> lock away for later. Also, while they were at the uh, the coroner, I was like, is there a tiny piece of paper in there? Yeah. Perhaps with a little letter on it? Perhaps a flickering overhead light? Hmm? <laughs> And I like I was like, am I being annoying? But then I I I mean, and again, like this could be, but apparently Twin Peaks is somewhat directly based off of this, yeah, and he I've is doing that. a lot of like, yeah. I don't know if I like. I mean, I don't know if I want to say it's based off of it. I think you can see like the seed of an idea in here. I to- that totally makes sense to me. Like he like wrote Blue Velvet, yeah. and then he was like, I want to do more of that, and then made Twin Peaks. Yeah, exactly. But also, exactly. I have a headcanon that like this is Cooper and. Uh, Diane and like this is how they met. I love so I that. I feel like that could almost work. <gasps> Whoa, no, that kind of could. Like, I love that. that. Like says that can't be what happened. Yeah, absolutely. So Holy it's what shit. Happened for me. Um, but also, right as we learn the ear was cut off with scissors, we get like an immediate cut to someone snipping a police line with a pair of scissors, yeah. and I freaked out. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. first scene in the bag. Thirty-five minutes in. <laughs> God damn it! All right, so we get the police tape cut. And then for, I just have that little dog wants to talk to Jeffrey. So I don't know what happens next. Um, okay. I know. Please do tell. I Because I kept getting distracted watching the movie. This is the one problem. So Jeffrey goes for a little walk down to Detective Williams' house. Um, and we see uh, that yes, Detective yes. Williams has a beautiful young daughter named Sandy, played by Laura Dern. Let's go. And the wife is so nice. Like, I sorry, yeah. just like, because that's what he goes to the door and he's like, hi, can I speak to Detective Williams? And she's like, oh, my God, come in. You must be Jeffrey. Like, if I was the wife of a detective, I'd be like, who are you? What's going on? <laughs> like, go through the metal detector. You want to speak to my <laughs> husband? But she's like, oh, come in, sweetheart. And I was like, what? So after he <laughs> talks to the detective for a little bit, he leaves to go home. And then Laura Dern just like emerges out of the darkness, like a yes. vision. Yes, with like great entrance music. It's everything. It's, so, it's like something so important is happening right now. And she like walks yeah, out of the shadows yeah. in her pink dress. Oh my God. So cute. Um, so they talk and catch up a bit. And he talks about the ear. And she mm-hmm. mentions that she eavesdrops in on her dad's office a lot. Like here's his detective business. Um, yes, and yes. she mentions that he talks a lot about a singer who lives in a nearby apartment building. And maybe she's involved in this ear business because she seems to be involved in a lot of stuff. Um, and her name is Dorothy Valens. Um, mm-hmm. And I read somewhere that she's based off Judy Garland. Oh, that's so sad. Dorothy is Dorothy. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I said that really enthusiastically. And then it was like, actually, holy shit. <laughs> but um, yeah, I see it. But also during this little, this very adorable chit chat, they established that she's a senior in high school. So it's like inevitably fine when something happens. Right. Well, you are 18 uh, after all. Like literally, it's practically that. Um, and at this point, I did write this earring is so distracting. Literally. I don't know how I missed it. 
Well, you probably weren't watching it. Like I was like two inches away from my laptop screen. Yes, I watched it on my laptop this time. And the first time I watched right. it on my TV from my bed. So exactly. Exactly. Which is like so weird. Like why give him such a tiny earring? I know. I didn't think I was really seeing it at first. I was just like, oh, it's like something with the, that you know, like just a lens flare. And like he was right? wearing it and they're like, okay. <laughs> Crazy. I can't. Okay. No one will see it anyway. Um, but basically he's um they're talking and they're flirting so hard and i was like this is when they started dating right um and i i guess i could be wrong but it's probably probably like they're just like such good actors because everything is so natural and it really feels like you're just watching a i mean this i'm just describing acting like you feel like you're watching a conversation (laughs) happen but it feels so real no i'm sometimes like sometimes acting in movies like isn't good yeah it happens more often than you would expect it's allowed actually (laughs) Um, but yeah, they're just, and he's basically like, Hey, please show me what's happening. And she's like, I shouldn't. And then he's like, no, but show me. And she's like, okay, come on. I'll show you. And he's like, okay. (laughs) Like in his tiny little Kyle McLaughlin voice. Okay. That was really good. And then they go to Lincoln street. I wrote that down too. uh, Yeah. You know what it is? First of all, another thing I saw is that apparently he likes to, David Lynch likes to drop a lot of Lincoln references because he's like, like Abraham. Yeah, yeah. And then um, Frank Booth is like John Wilkes Booth. But the other reason I think that we both wrote Lincoln down is because his aunt or his mom and his grandma or his mom and his aunt. I think it's his yeah. mom and his aunt specifically are like, you can go out walking as long as you don't go down by Lincoln. That's right. Good. Catch, I guess it's Tara. like a bad area of town, I think. Um, I I mean, I don't know if that's necessarily true, but I, I you know, the idea is that you don't go that's over the there. Perception? Perception? Yeah, per- yeah. Yeah, that's the word. So they head towards that way, and I, I wrote three really important notes Please. about their walk over there. The first one being that he cannot stop smiling at her, and it's so fucking cute. Yeah. Um, the second being that they walk past a house, and he goes, I know a kid who used to live here. He had the biggest tongue in the world. <laughs> what? Like, why did he say that? What, Jeffrey? <laughs> Excuse me? Why did he say that? What does that mean? Right. And, and so we're already off our balance with that one. And then he hits her with, you ever seen the chicken walk? <laughs> and I'm like, what is this about to be? And um, listeners, you may be shocked to find out. It is just Kyle MacLachlan doing the chicken walk. <laughs> just like squatting and jutting his neck out and like walking backwards. It's... <laughs> And like this is supposed to be a college student, like not a first year either. I don't think. Like I think 22. he's at least a sophomore. Yeah, like unfucking believable. And she says something hilariously good natured. She's like, "That's interesting." She says, like, "That's interesting." So- She's so good. That, and I have to read my note right here because my note reads, "Tara's gonna shit about the chicken walk." <laughs> I immediately texted Riley. You did, and I was like, "Uh huh." it's so scary how well you know me with these things like the chicken walk was kind of a given though that was an easy one but i do have one later that like is a psychic prediction if you do what i think you're gonna do (laughs) and then i think i they like go up to the apartment building and they're kind of like okay and they leave am i right yeah yeah know where it is for later and then they leave yeah um and i didn't realize this about double ed i thought that was just like the nickname for this there's this blind gentleman named ed and also the person who like guides him around is named ed and i didn't pick that up at first but that's why it's double ed which is kind of adorable at the hardware store um and they uh they come in together and then i so basically one of the eds who is blind is like he's got this like cute little like 
riffy relationship with um with Jeffrey and then he's like quick how many fingers am I holding up and he's like ah four and he's like how do you do that and I didn't know this because I was like oh a blind seer like Tiresias and I again was reading way too far into it and like I'm not I'm sure there's some kind of a reference there Riley do you know what the like what I'm about to say is it that other Ed like taps him on the back four times and that's how yeah. he knows so many fingers he's holding up. That's so goddamn <laughs> cute. That's so clever. I love it. It's really cute. But also my note here just says Jeffrey makes fun of a blind man. <laughs> he kind of does. Like, like, but also like with this guy. But it also seems like this is like an established thing that he'll be no, like. Yeah. It seems like, like that's their relationship. But just like if you take it. I mean, I guess. No, at face value. Context, yeah. It's, you're like, what the <laughs> fuck are you doing? <laughs> Just like walking up to a wrong. blind man and going, how many fingers am I holding up? I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck? You're right. Fuck. But it um, seems to be a routine that they engage yeah. in. And there, he seems very earnestly shocked, too, that like he got it. You know, he's, he's like, like, how do you do ass? that? What does he study in college? Probably theater. Tibet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> sorry. I'm going to keep making that joke. If you don't like or know Twin Peaks, I'm so sorry. This will be incoherent. Um, yeah, pretty much. But basically, he uh, he's doing his job at the hardware store, and I don't think much else really happens. The only reason we're in oh. the hardware store is to establish that he's getting some bug spray canisters, like not like little like raid things, like the big ones. Like if you live in an apartment building, guys will sometimes come to like spray around, um, yeah. and some coveralls is yes, you're what he's getting from the hardware store. You're darn tootin'. You're absolutely right. Um, and so right after doing that relatively normal person thing, he pulls up to the high school to pick up Sandy in a fucking red convertible. Yeah. <laughs> um, like with the top down and everything. Mr. Like, cool guy. Yeah. And then I wrote, I think if I saw this movie in high school, I would have straight up died. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> like when they're like, what's like a sentence you could say that would like kill a pilgrim or something. It'd be like <laughs> this movie to me at 10 years old would kill me literally like holy shit like it's like a like a like a cute boy from a college picked me up when i was a high school senior from school in a fucking red convertible i would have dropped dead on the spot done so and before she gets into his car laura dern goes up to her friends and she's like don't tell mike who's her boyfriend that i'm going off this guy like he he'll get the wrong idea so there's some intrigue uh and then i wrote david loves a little jazz symbol he does and you know what he (laughs) loves more than a jazz symbol Tell me, Riley. Diners. You bet your ass. <laughs> David Lynch invented the diner. That's true. <laughs> That's an absolutely 100% true fact. And David Lynch told me himself. At the David Lynch diner, Jeffrey is saying how he thinks they should sneak into Dorothy's apartment to, yes. quote, hide and observe because yeah. he thinks they'll learn something that way. And I'm like, Jeffrey, what the fuck is this plan? It's absolutely unreal. But he also says, like, I think I'll gain... Like, there's so much knowledge and experience to be gained from this. Like, and I was like... hiding in a woman's apartment? I'm like, Jeffrey, think about what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, literally. And the thing is, though, that, like, we know as someone who has seen the movie on Riley's part and someone who has heard about the movie on my yeah. part that he's sure going to gain some experience. And some in insight. Yeah, and some knowledge. I also got a little sad, though, because she sort of starts to kind of pull back and, like, not seem so sure that she's going to help. And then he immediately starts flirting with her really hard. And that Literally, made me mad. It's like she doesn't she wants nothing to do with a potential murder case. She's a smart girl. Smart. Her dad's a detective. <laughs> but Jeffrey's cute. So. <laughs> yeah. She but even so, like, she agrees she'll, like, create a diversion. She's like, I won't right. be directly involved, but I will help you. Um, right. So that's because 
he wants to get in there and find like a window he can unlock or prop open or like some mm-hmm. way that he can regain entry later. And she's like, I won't do any of that shit, but I'll like knock on the door and distract her while you yeah. need to fumble around and do your thing. She's also like constantly poking holes in his plan when he doesn't think things through, which makes me right. so happy. So um, I will say he is prepared for this one. But later down the line, she starts to be like, hey, what about this? Hey, what about this dumbass? And he's right. like, oh, I didn't think of that. But she's like, why would I just be knocking on this woman's door like right after you knocked on her door? And he's like, you're a Jehovah Witness. I have a wake magazine. <laughs> so he's a bug man. She's a Jehovah's Witness. What could go yeah. wrong? And she's better at crime than him, objectively, because oh, they certainly. they drive there. And he's like, all right, here I go. And she's like, what's her name again? And he's like, oh uh dorothy valens and he's like what's her apartment number she's like he's like oh god i don't know i don't know you said the seventh floor like i'm gonna have to knock on all the doors she's like look at the mailboxes when you find her name that's gonna tell you her apartment he's like oh i guess you're right like literally anytime i go to a new place i am jeffrey i'm like i'm gonna go what door do i go into how long do i stand there how far do i walk like (laughs) no you're totally right um, I just love that she has it so together, which like part partially probably comes from being the daughter of a detective. You right. just kind of like start to know how people do things. And especially but, if you're um, eavesdropping on every conversation. He has yeah. Holy shit. I also love, she says this uh, when they're having this conversation, but she's like, there are certain cases I get mixed up, which I love. I don't know why, but I thought that was such a smart detail. Right. That you would just like hear bits and pieces and like mush them together. Like that makes yeah, sense. Yeah. Yeah. That's just cool. That's the thing. She's but, uh, like, they don't even know that Dorothy is directly involved with this. Ear. Yeah. He's like, I must break into her apartment. Yeah. Cause it's like the ears, like the place where he found the ears like nearby. So he's yeah. like, oh, of course he's it like, I'm going to Jimmy the window. I'm like, what? <laughs> and he goes in and he does knock on the door and who answers, but the lovely, lovely Isabella Rossellini. Uh, and she's so um, good. she's amazing. Isabella Rossellini opens the door uh, and she allows um, Jeff to enter into the most purple apartment I've ever seen. With so much like shag carpet. I don't know if that's yeah. shag, but so much carpet. No, it's in an fuzzy apartment. carpet. Yeah, it's just so dark. And then the kitchen's like tiled. It's so funny. Awful. It's like so purple in there and it's like black and white kitchen. But um, he's like, oh, I'm here to exterminate. And she's like, that stuff smells. And he's like, no, this is new. It doesn't smell. And I'm like, is there just water in there? Because that'd be really funny. That was something really funny. Like shortly after the first time I watched this movie, a maintenance man like came to our door. Oh my God. Not to spray, like to check our smoke detectors. But like part oh, of my okay. brain was like, no way. Like, yeah. I'm like there's about to be a Jehovah Witness in here. <laughs> there is indeed another knock at the door while Jeff is spraying around in the kitchen. He's like, also which I thought this was stupid, but he's like, I'll only do the kitchen. I'm like, yeah, don't wait. Buy yourself more time. What's wrong with you? That's like when we've had people spray um, our apartment, they ask like, do you want us to spray the bedrooms? Like they ask for like going into different rooms, but I'm always like, yes, spray everything. But like they would, they're not just like, we're only going to do the kitchen. Okay. Like, no. (laughs) Yeah. But anyway, there's a knock on the door and in walks, not Laura Dern, not Sandy Williams, who are the same person in this case. (laughs) But um, a man in a yellow suit. It is not the man in the yellow hat from Curious George. But he is no, no, no. known as the yellow man. You bet he is. Because again, David loves nothing more than like a character Primary with an odd characteristic colors. and no name also. But while the diversion of the yellow man is happening, Jeffrey spots yes. a key ring thinking it could maybe be a spare key. <laughs> yeah. So he grabs it, which is insane, but does end up working. Yeah, like... And it was right when they were about to test it out. I was like, she has to have noticed, but she her, doesn't. Like, <laughs> one dangling set of keys was missing. Yeah, exactly. Like her really conspicuously placed yeah. keys are gone. 
Um, but also she says something hilarious when the yellow man comes in. She goes, it's only the bug man. <laughs> yeah. And then I don't know how quickly he kind of starts to hit on her. Cause he's like, what are you doing tomorrow? And she's like, I'm with Mike. Like I'm hanging out with my boyfriend. Yeah. And he's like, don't do that. Literally, he like gets mad at her for having a date with her boyfriend. Yeah, he gets like all quiet. Yeah, so she's like, I'll yeah. cancel on him, but like still makes it clear that she loves him. And it's just an yeah, interesting yeah. moment. Man, this is making me like kind of hate Jeffrey a little bit. Like I, the thing is like Jeffrey, I have this note later, but like Jeffrey acts like a player and like an asshole. But there's something about the way that Kyle MacLachlan plays him that I don't right. hate him. No, you can't. You really can't. And I'm saying this now because there, there's just like a little bit of Dale Cooper in there. It, it's like certainly because like Kyle MacLachlan is a very conventionally attractive man. And so like yeah, when that he too. pulls this shit, I'm like, oh, but he's sweet. Like, which I think is <laughs> no, on purpose. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but also like it's not even just that. Like he's like conventionally attractive, but he also is kind of soft. Like he has like a really strong jaw. He's just he's just a little round. And I don't mean that in a mean way. It's just he has soft features. So you feel like you can trust him. Yeah, he's non-threatening. <laughs> exactly anyway he does some stuff that sucks real bad but that's what people do <laughs> that's very true oh right so he's all he's like i'll take you out tomorrow i guess and they're gonna like talk about what he found even though it's just the keys i don't know i just know they're at the slow club they're gonna go out for drinks at the venue where dorothy performs like be all sneaky and then also so they'll know when she's not home so they know when he can go break into her apartment and we get another like david lynch classic of like a neon bar sign yep um and this is called the slow club because they all have like weird little quick names yeah and it's and so riley and i were talking about this they like really conspicuously both drink a heineken (laughs) and i was like ah heineken because i like those Mm -hmm. um and i was like ah all right funny and then they like pour their beers into a glass and uh and jeff is like i call him no one calls him jeff jeffrey my notes say um, jeff a lot too because i got tired right of it's just jeffrey. easier yeah exactly but he's like ah heineken you ever had a heineken it's the best and <laughs> they talk so much about heineken for it's so hilarious long. and sandy's like well no because the answer is that she's like probably 17 but she's like no my dad drinks a lot of bud and he just goes like ah king of beers that's the thing about me is I had such like what I thought was a Mandela effect moment because I was positive that the line was Paps Blue Ribbon, King of Beers. And so I was oh, holy this shit. again and I was like freaking out because like I say that every time I have a PBR, I go King of Beers oh and I think I'm so clever and now I'm like so embarrassed. No. But later I'll figure out why I thought that it was a right. PBR instead of a bud. Right. <laughs> Oh my God, that's crazy. Yeah. But it was like such a moment for me sitting there. I was like, what do you mean? It's a bud. King <laughs> of beers. No, I was like so distraught. I find out a lot of these things because I, when I rent movies, I rent them on Amazon, which I fuck Jeff Bezos. I shouldn't do that. But <laughs> it's, what can you do? <laughs> yeah, literally like there's options and that's one of them. And it's like, it's like either Bezos or like YouTube or Zuckerberg or fucking whatever. So it sucks no matter what you do. Anyway, no ethical consumption under capitalism. So, um, <laughs> But on Amazon, they do that like x-ray thing. And so I got a plot point spoiled for me in a movie once because um, an actor was like double playing. It was like, you know, double cast. It didn't matter like so much. And I also found out that in the scene when Dorothy is singing, the piano player in the club is Angela Badalamenti. That's awesome. Isn't that cool? I love that. Um, Yeah. Sorry, it took me like 40 minutes to explain (laughs) how I got there. And I said blue is such a thing for David because she's lit in all this blue light. She's the blue lady, they call her. 
Oh, do they? Oh my yeah, god. Go, yeah. yeah, like come on. Welcome the blue lady. Yeah, so Jeffrey and Sandy leave during the performance so they can break into her apartment. So Sandy is going to wait outside in the car and honk yes. four times. One, two, three, four. When Dorothy <laughs> comes back so that he'll know she's coming and then she'll leave. Um, and she has the great line of, I don't know if you're a detective or a pervert. And of course he goes, that's for me to know and you to find out. <laughs> hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. She's in high school. Are you a sicko? Um, okay, so then he's in the apartment and he's peeing out all the Heineken that he drank. Right. He's like standing in front of the toilet going, ah, Heineken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but once he's done pissing, he flushes at the exact moment that Sandy honks the horn four times. And it's like the loudest toilet flush in the world. Yes, that's exactly what I wrote. I said, oh, OK, the world's loudest <laughs> toilet. I also said Chekhov's Heineken. I was like, I knew that shit was going to come back. They talked ah, about it so much. Heineken. Um, but so he misses the signal. So he's still like puttering around and he hears the door open and he's like, oh, fuck so he runs and hides in the closet which is a less than optimal spot but he he works with what he's got and oh my god i think she like opens the door and he like he like sees her coming because he's looking through the slats and he like shimmies deeper into the closet which is such a move i remember from hide and seek at my grandma's house because we used to hide in her closets and there was it didn't have like slats but there was one that had like slidey doors and so you would just try to get away from the one door that was opening but he like scoots away and she takes her blue velvet robe and then closes the door and like doesn't see him and then he scooches back to where he was and he knocks the hanger over and she's like huh so she gets up to go like check what's up and then the phone rings yeah so she's there like in her underwear and high heels which not to judge but i the high heels would have been the first thing i took off when i walked inside not all my clothes no you're right but uh Um, she answers the phone and she's talking to a man named frank who yes. we hear her calling him sir and she just sounds very mm-hmm. scared while she's talking yes. to him. And then we also hear her talking to someone we can determine is her son. So there's right. little Donnie. very fraught happening here. Yeah, she's like very stressed and she's like, what's going on? What happened to him? You know, uh, there's a lot of bad, bad, nasty stuff happening. And after hanging up, she just like lays on the floor and sobs so we can gather something's going on yeah also this is so stupid but a fly landed on her leg at one point oh really and it like didn't go away until she happened to move i'm almost positive that or i have a floater which is totally also (laughs) a a possible thing also she has a wig on she takes off her wig at one point i shat my pants she takes off her wig to like go cry in the bathroom and then oh this is when jeffrey makes a sound or another sound in the closet oh and she like puts the wig back on to go invest she puts on the wig grabs a knife and yeah, like yeah, goes yeah, to yeah, open yeah, the yeah. closet and discovers him and she like cuts him in the face with a knife and she's like who sent you what and he like does not have a good answer because he, he sent himself also when she goes to grab the knife i'm sorry to do this but there are limes on her kitchen counter and i could just i could only think about dakota johnson in that fucking interview where she was like i just love limes so immediately i was like i love limes i just like to keep them here <laughs> in a little bowl <laughs> No, you're right. Also, at one point, she is totally naked. Like, we see her whole booty. Yeah. And he's, like, he's watching intently. Just when she, she, like, jabs the knife at him, and it almost looks like she hits him in the face accidentally. And I was like, did that happen? Like, because you know how sometimes in movies, someone, like, this happened in our on-camera acting class. I was supposed to put my arm around my scene partner, and I accidentally elbowed her in the face, and they just kept it in because it was, like, natural. Respectfully, don't agree with that. Anyway, I assume she stabbed him by accident, but then, no, she didn't. (laughs) 
Also, right here is where I want to begin a big, big trigger warning for sexual assault. Uh, It starts here and then just gets worse and more worse and even worser and violent for like a while. So if you're not familiar with the movie, just be aware that's what we're going to be talking about for a little bit starting now. (laughs) Right. So um, basically she's threatening him with a knife and she's like, like what are you doing in here and he's like i wanted to see you <laughs> bad, bad response yeah um to which she responds with take your clothes off and so he undresses at knife point and is just completely nude in front of her and then she like kneels down in front of him and is like kissing his pelvic area yeah um and then they both move to the couch like making out with each other she's continuing to hold the knife to him yeah until there's a knock at the door um, so I was waiting for Dennis Hopper because I'm pretty positive he's in this movie, The American Friend, which I had to watch oh. for my German cinema class. And I was like, ah, Dennis Hopper. And now I don't know how I feel about Dennis Hopper. He's because incredible, but. Oh, he's really good. But here's the thing. Because um, again, I was reading the IMDb trivia because I do it every time now because I'm just insatiably curious. Um, <laughs> and a lot of actors like read the script and were like, I don't want to fucking play this guy. And apparently I have no idea how true this is, but allegedly. Dennis Hopper looked at the script and he was like I have to play Frank I am Frank (laughs) and I was like hey man you're you're uh you're copying to several several crimes there if you're saying that that. yeah like there's nothing about Frank to be like huh that's me (laughs) the only thing I have in common with Frank I will say I have one thing in common with Frank and that's that I also say fuck every seven seconds that's I know from some like stat that the word fuck is said 56 times in this movie and And he says says it it every time he says it 55 times and the one time someone else says it is Dean Stockwell when he like makes him say he's like repeat after me exactly yeah exactly so there's a knock at the door so Jeffrey runs back to the closet and we get full frontal Kyle MacLachlan out of fucking nowhere i mean not out of nowhere because he's naked the whole time but you just don't yeah. expect to see all of it and then you no. like do really briefly and feels like accidentally yeah yeah because they're like running across the room it just felt like you naturally wouldn't be like i must cover myself right because right? you're, like, you're oh, already fuck, like I'm about to die i need to hide in this closet yeah exactly but i really wasn't ready for that to ha- like for i don't know why because i knew this was like an like an erotic thriller or whatever i knew this was there's, a sex there's movie nothing erotic about this man's penis flopping around no, as he's not, running back to the bit. closet um should i play the voice memo i yeah, saved it, it on my phone because i literally couldn't like i riley matt is dead i wasn't ready for that i want to die i think i want to die actually uh, and i sent it. that yeah <laughs> blue velvet made me want to die i'm kidding <laughs> Anyway, I was very underprepared for that. And I almost skipped right over because I didn't write it down. Because I, I didn't write anything down about it because I stopped the whole movie to call Riley. <laughs> and like whisper scream into the phone. About a man's um, dick. Yeah. I just, I, it, just you know, you know, Dale Cooper. You're not ready to see his penis. No, absolutely not. <laughs> like it, the way he, I'm sorry, the way he behaves, it's like he should be smooth down there based was, on the way like, he, he is. Sexless being. Yeah. Dale Cooper, like, so hot, but also, like, he does not have time for that shit. Even no. a little. Like, when he has romances, I don't even buy it, honestly. No. He's too busy. Anyway. So, now, 
is the time. Frank Booth, played by Dennis Hopper, walks in. And like, I not that I thought he was going to be a good guy, but I was like, cowboy man, haha. And then immediately I was like, never mind. He's just so instantly frightening. He's yeah, just like he's a frightening aura. Terrifying. Yeah, he's like very imposing. And like, immediately like she says, hi, baby. And he's like, it's daddy, you shithead. Like the first thing he does is scream at Isabel Rossellini. And like, I out loud went, Jesus Christ. Because I like realized what was about to happen. Yeah, this um, is, I know I already said it, but. This is the bigger trigger no. warning. Right yeah, here. because like there's definitely like it's like what happens between um, Jeffrey and Dorothy like is certainly assault. Yeah. But the lines are like intentionally kind of gray and blurred. Yeah. I think like he does not. I, and, I don't like, want what, to What's about to like, come is just like violent and brutal and awful. Yeah. Yeah. There's no like, yeah, there's no like, because the, also the thing is that like later and like you can have whatever opinion you want on this, but like later they get involved, um, Jeffrey and Dorothy. Um, and this is just like really just like abject, horrible. Like, yeah, it's just there's plainly no, yeah. rape. Yeah. They, they are in this like weird non-consensual BDSM thing where like she is complying with him because he like has her partner and child. Yeah. Um, and he's also inhaling like gas. He huffs this unnamed gas that sends him into like alternating fits of rage and sorrow. Like yeah. he takes like a big hit of it and just starts like crying and whimpering. And he's like calling her mommy and crawling on the ground. And that's when we get baby wants to fuck just him like Ugh. crying and snotting. And then like immediately turns to screaming violent rage. And then he like it's takes crazy. more gas and that cycle just repeats for like this scene can't be more than like a couple minutes at most long, but it feels right. like it goes it on feels forever. Like it goes on forever. Um, and it's, and I, okay. I don't even know if I want to like say this, but it's interesting because at one point he hits her and she looks like she's enjoying it. Um, which very big complicated thing, which we later learn that she does like to be hit during right. sex. I think whether that's a resp- like a trauma response right. or a genuine, whether that's thing healthy or is- not. I think yeah, we can say I, it's unhealthy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. And also, I think, because a part of me, I was like, headline, like, college boy discovers kink. But I really don't think that's what this movie is. Yeah. Like, I think it's very much positing it as, like, something bad and deviant. And, like, that's a whole conversation. But also, like, because when we do see these, like, BDSM undertones, like, it is pretty generally associated with assault in some right. way. Because it's, like, clearly this is not like a healthy consensual BDSM no. relationship, which is a no. very different thing. Like if both people exactly. want to do that and enjoy that, that is a completely different thing from like what we're seeing in this right. movie. No, exactly. Um, but also notably, uh, what's the fuck name? Also notably, Frank takes out a pair of scissors that he starts threatening her with. So we're like, oh, okay. You oh cut off the God. ear. That's crazy. I didn't even fucking realize that. I just figured you know like because it made enough sense i'm sorry this is driving me crazy it's so fucking does oh i just found it okay okay so dennis Hopper. because okay so originally the thing that frank was supposed to be inhaling was helium and then david lynch thought it was too goofy yeah he was like what if people laugh and then dennis hopper was like well it could be amyl nitrite which he knew it says in the imdb trivia was used to enhance sexual experiences huh um (laughs) fucking crazy anyway um so i because i was i again was like i was like is this like submissive gas because obviously like he's not immediately like sexually submissive but it had you know the mommy baby wants to fuck thing i was like what is this it's fascinating but it's actually just like an like a 
sex drug it's maybe it's poppers <laughs> point being like an assault happens uh, yep so as you can imagine a violent rape occurs um but something that's also really cool about this scene like obviously the like rape and the attack is very frightening but what i yeah, also oh. think is scary about this scene is watching jeffrey yeah. watch it through the closet yeah. not to say that it's not like graphic at like we definitely see a lot and it's pretty graphic but a lot of mm-hmm. it is also us watching him watch it and just like the way the light like through the slats is hitting his face and you just yeah. see him watching this is all not to say that that is scarier or like more upsetting than like a woman actually being raped like i'm not like oh poor jeffrey had to watch that <laughs> no, like, no, no no but no. it puts us it puts us but also it puts us in that position like we're also watching it unable right. to do anything yes. because not only like do we get the sense that if he popped out of the closet to try and stop it, Frank would kill him. But she's also said, if you come out of that closet, I will kill you. Right. And like, as of yet, every single interaction that she and Jeffrey have had face to face since like he broke into her apartment has been with her pointing a knife at him. Yeah. So that's like two people who realistically might kill him if he comes out. So really he like, he can't. That's like his only option. Like, I mean, not his only option, but that's like the most feasible option is to just right. freeze and wait for it to be over. Right. Exactly. Um, and that's that is scary. I, it's like because it's and it's it's like a, he be, kind of becomes an audience stand in at that moment, I think. Right. Because that's us just like watching this unfold yeah. and being like, holy yeah. shit. Uh, but then uh, he Frank Frank uh, finishes and leaves with like nary a word. He just kind of walks out. At one um, point he says to her, do it for Van Gogh, which is a reference to Don, oh. her husband, whose ear got cut off. Um, I missed that line. Yeah, it's really <clears throat> brief. Um I guess it must happen during the assault. I really don't know. Um, I think my brain turned like TV static a little bit during that scene. Oh, it's horrendous. It's really quite awful. Yeah, it's really bad. Jeffrey comes out of the closet in a very straight way to check on, um, to check on uh, Dorothy, who was understandably very distraught. Yeah. Um, He's like, all right, you should come like lie down. And then she's like, no, like don't stay with me. And she kind of maybe thinks he's her husband or maybe wants to pretend he's her husband. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I don't quite remember where it goes from that. Cause the next thing I have is the marriage certificate. So it starts getting a little intimate and she okay. like wants him to touch her and then wants him to hit her. And oh, he's is that not, when that happens? Right. And yeah. he's not down for that, which I don't know how we cut around our discussion from moments ago, but if I cut this out, I just want to say again, like that's a perfectly reasonable, popular kink. But, like, this feels different than that. Like, this, they both don't want to do it. Only one of them wants to do it. So him being like, right, I'm not exactly. down for that. It's not like, ew, that's gross. It's like, no, both yeah. parties have to want to do it. And both parties don't exactly. want to do it. So he begins to leave. Yeah. And it's also under- especially understandable for him in this, like, very new and very unhealthy sexual relationship that started. Yeah, like, they like, have not set boundaries. There's no, like, safe word. They don't have it, this all figured out yet. Yeah, like, that's a delicate relationship. Yeah. Like, also, the first sexual contact they have, like, did not have any clear consent at yeah. all. And quite, like, quite possibly was totally non-consensual. They say though. that. Yeah. It's a whole mess. It's not great. He does not want to hit her. And she gets upset at that, I believe. Uh, so he leaves. Yeah, so but- she gets upset. She runs to the bathroom. Right. As he goes to leave, he sees a swatch of blue velvet missing from the bottom of her robe that uh, Dennis Hopper cut out with his scissors. He also finds a family photo of Dorothy with her husband and her son hidden under the couch along with her marriage certificate. It's so funny, though, because he's looking at them and he's like, oh, her family, like her son. And he's like, the hat, because when he's sneaking around, he says it out loud, right? Yeah. He like out loud is like that she's married. And I was like, (laughs) David, we get it. 
this was like one of his really early features, but it was just like, are you joking? And it's so funny because he trusts his audience so much that he explains nothing now. <laughs> but that he was like, the hat, it belongs to her propeller son. hat. Yeah, like, holy shit. Crazy. Um, she also says this really sweet line. It might not be now, but I think it is. Because I think at one point he's like, what's this? And she's like, put that down. I don't know. This might happen later. But she's talking about her son and she's like, he used to make me laugh. And that makes me cry that she says that. That's so sweet and sad. Um, but, okay. So, yeah, I thought it was a little extraneous to be like, she's married. Yeah. Like, and that's her son. It was like, yeah, buddy. And then, like, um, a marriage certificate. I'm like, we didn't need that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> David's um, like, how do I show people that they're married? A marriage yeah. certificate. <laughs> no. Um, and then I think, I guess, does Jeffrey, like, go home and go to sleep? Because we yeah. get, like we get this image of, of Jeffrey's dad, like calling out to him in the hospital, um, which is interesting because when he goes to first visit his dad, his dad looks like he had like a tracheotomy and he's mm-hmm. kind of like crying and gesturing yeah, to the, really the device. It is. And I was just like curious what like the diagnosis was, like what he was dealing with and going through. And I guess if he had a stroke, he's probably like regaining, hopefully like brain function, but I don't know. It was just kind of sad. And it was like, sort of like, I, I wasn't really sure what happens. So I was like, what's going on? Like, is this going to come back? Um, but really it's just kind of a disturbing image to, I think kind of indicate that Jeffrey's like upset and not doing well. Yeah. Um, oh, and then we hit, we, we, like, I think you see like a candle kind of flickering and then you hear Frank like reverb screaming. He's like, like, it sounds like a roar. And then he like wakes up panting. Um, so lots of bad things swirling around in, in good old Jeffrey's brain. Yeah. So the next day he goes out with Sandy and tells her everything that happened, which we've kind of touched on, but just to sum it all up nicely, he nicely, it's not very nice, but to sum it up, he's gathered that Frank has kidnapped Dorothy's son and her husband and is forcing her into some kind of sexual slavery uh, in exchange for keeping them alive. Um, And he also broaches that he thinks Dorothy is suicidal and that perhaps Frank cut off her husband's ear as like, a punishment for wanting to kill herself because like if she's dead he can't rape and abuse her anymore i was surprised by that because i didn't get that from her which i guess is maybe silly because she's obviously miserable but i you know which also could be like the original cut of this movie was four hours long and then david right. lynch had to cut it down to two hours so maybe there right, was a lot yeah. more development with dorothy's inner life and feelings yeah, that's true and also just like i mean i not to be like this but like why would you not want to right but he is just like, I think she wants to die. And I'm like, where? I mean, like, that makes sense. But like, yeah. where did that come from? Yeah, especially because, I mean, and obviously this is only after the fact. But, like, when we see her, she seems pretty motivated to, like, live. Jeffrey has, like, this little existential meltdown about it, which is fair. Yeah. Just, like, about, like, like how could a person do this, essentially. He's, like, yeah. freaking out about Frank. Um, it's also funny because he, like, they, like, drive to a church to have this conversation and you hear like organ music playing in the background. Yeah, and he's like, how could someone um, do this? Um, he says, why is there so much trouble in the world? Yeah. Ugh. Also, his little face stab mark was gone. I was like, huh? I noticed that too. I was like, oh, right? that healed. And like the next scene, it's there again. I'm like, hey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I was like, did he cover it up with makeup? But like, no. Um. Oh, but he's, so he's expressing his kind of distress and Sandy shares a dream she had kind of to cheer him up, I think. Yeah. She's like, there were, it was like the world was all darkness. Um, and then suddenly there were like thousands of robins and they represented like the light of love and they like spread light into the darkness. My note says, God, it's beautiful. I wish I knew what she was saying. (laughs) (laughs) 
valid. It is a really odd, like... I'm just like, we're talking about Robins? What the fuck is going on? Yeah. Well, I feel like it's very much like David Lynch's thing of, like, really complicated metaphor to say that, like, love is the most important thing in the world, which is yeah. really sweet. I feel like that's always kind of his thesis. Like, he was really like, um, beetles are evil and Robins are good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. He loves a good dark versus light. Um, and then Jeffrey responds to this by saying, you're a neat girl. <laughs> yes. And she goes, so are you, which is so cute. And she likes, she's like, oh, I mean, not that you're a, you're a neat guy. It's very cute. But I just love when, like, I love that thing. There's like a moment in, in Scott Pilgrim versus the world where um, there's definitely a better version of this. Um, because in this scene, it's between a college guy and a high school girl. Not good. But um, his girlfriend, Knives, is like, I've never even kissed a guy. And he goes, hey, no sweat. Me neither. Which is just cute. Because um, he's a straight man. Ha ha ha. When I went to see Scream yesterday and I was purchasing my concessions, I did the classic where the woman was like, enjoy the movie. And I said, you too. No. Yeah. <laughs> I've done that so many times. It's like not even. I just, I, like, I don't even cringe anymore. I'm just like, ah, fuck. That's what's going to come out my mouth every time jeffrey is back at dorothy's again and this is when she's like um intimating that she's perhaps into him and then they go to her next gig together and he watches her sing and then she leaves with frank and his guys um but yeah he does drink another heineken this time without sandy tragic um and this is the first time i spotted brad Dorif because i was like where is he and he was finally there and i freaked out and i was also like because I made the very bold claim of I would not fuck Chucky. I would not fuck Charles Lee Ray, but I would fuck Brad Dorf. And I said <laughs> this to my mom um, or I was like, fair warning, I'm going to say something in the Chucky episode. And she was like, but he's 70. I was like, not now. <laughs> Before he was 70. Like in the 80s when he was cute and young and like not an elderly, not elderly. I mean, 70s not elderly, but like an older old man. man. Exactly. Um, but can confirm he is cute and I stand by it uh that was <laughs> that's my main thing i really wanted to say You're right. oh also she sings blue velvet again and then there's just i think it ends on the line i just noticed this line this time where she says i still can see blue velvet through my tears and i was like that's sad and apt <laughs> yeah um but yeah you're right she leaves with frank's guys i was also like frank looks emotional during that line but he's holding the blue velvet and probably huffing his sex gas yeah his sexy Um, crying gas um jeffrey then after after um dorothy leaves and it's the next day he goes to the high school again in his convertible to pick up sandy but this time he's late and sandy's boyfriend mike (laughs) is a football player and he like kind of runs off the lineup to go get something or do something and he sees sandy waiting there like right as jeffrey pulls up rookie mistake rookie mistake but then and he looks upset jeffrey's like oh do you want to go talk to him and she's like no <laughs> yeah, she's like it's not gonna do any good i'm like it might if you're like this this guy lives like a block from my house he's gonna drive me home he's we're like investigating a family yeah like you could lie or tell the truth but she doesn't do either of those things and they go to the diner again to like keep debriefing mm-hmm. um and i guess for jeffrey to share more of his findings and i notice i think he also always gets the same thing this oh, is like yeah. a very david lynch thing like dale and his cherry pie and his black coffee and then jeffrey and his heineken and his like toast and pickles probably like a Me. grilled cheese or something right um he always has like the same little tray in front of him and they always have like coca-cola so he tells Sandy about a stakeout he performed to get pictures okay. of okay. Frank and what he's up to. And so he sees the yellow man go into Frank's like warehouse. And then he comes out 
to meet with another man with a mustache and an alligator briefcase. And they go to this factory building where there is a drug deal that happens that ends in a murder. How interesting. You betcha it does. I want to point out two things. And the first one is that Jeffrey takes photos of this event with like a little shoebox camera. Yeah. It's amazing. He like rigs up this thing to like open and take pictures really quick. And I guess it like muffles the flash. But he's just sitting in his car like yanking his arm up and down. And we see the little hatch open. I was just impressed. And then also like I knew when they said alligator briefcase, it wasn't going to be shaped like an alligator. But I was hoping (laughs) it might. And it's not. That's uh, so spoiler. <laughs> I have a question. Also, yes. sorry, spoiler, but that's what this whole podcast is. Yeah. Are we supposed to know right away that that mustache guy is Frank? I feel like I, because when he said it, I was like, what? Because I don't remember the reveal happening. And then like, no. it's the very last scene of the movie. And yeah. I'm like, oh, that guy's here. And then I'm like, oh, that guy's Frank. Was I yeah, supposed yeah, yeah. to know that? No, I had the exact same reaction. It seems like Jeffrey knows that at the end. Like, he knows that's Frank. Yeah, yeah. He's like, he's in the well-dressed man disguise. And I was like, the disguise? Like, I don't know if that's something we missed from the four-hour cut to the two-hour cut. I was going to say, it's probably that. Like, I was like, that mustache looks like a disguise. But I didn't know it was supposed (laughs) to be Frank. Yeah, I was totally i i wasn't like i wasn't looking that close i don't know i was like i can't see him he looks like a guy but so sorry spoiler alert the alligator briefcase man is in fact frank in a silly silly disguise (laughs) and the back of the diner jeffrey's like you're a mystery and i'm like actually he says this to um to sandy and i'm like actually she's a high schooler also apparently when he says i'm in the middle of a mystery it's exactly halfway through the movie so lynchian we love when they do shit like that Oh, and then he kisses her in the diner. And I said, Jeffrey, you can't kiss every pretty girl. Stop kissing. Speaking of kissing pretty girls, Jeffrey goes back to Dorothy's and they're hooking up again. You bet they are. And she's continuing to ask him to hit her. And he still Mm -hmm. doesn't want to. Yeah. And this is when he confronts her about what he knows about her husband and her son and Frank and all of that. Mm-hmm. And he mentions, like, we should tell the police. And that, like, freaks her out. She yeah. does not like that at all. And she kicks him out of bed. And then he hits her across the face and, like, chips her tooth. Oh! What? I thought she was, like, smiling because she was like, he did it. I didn't realize he chipped I her tooth. I think he, like, Holy hit her shit. so hard he chipped a tooth. No, that makes sense. Because then, then he gets really upset later. A very violent sex scene. Yeah. It's a lot. It's interesting because he really looks like he's like, he like goes to hit her again and his like hand is shaking. Yeah. It's a lot. And the music is swelling and it's very dramatic. And it is quite. Ooh. I think, yeah, after this sex scene, I believe Dorothy says the wildest line. I have your disease inside me now. And I did not oh. like that. <laughs> and she also says, you're my special friend. She Holy shit. <laughs> she really does. Uh, Jeffrey and Dorothy have have finished having sex um, and we get those weird I have your disease inside me and you're my special friend lines and then Frank (laughs) and his goons show up to the apartment um, and two of the goons are Jack Nance and Brad Dorff and Brad Dorff is wearing like a silver suit jacket and and Jack Nance has like a silly hat and he looks like too old to be one of these goons (laughs) but he is anyway and I'm sure glad about that because he's just a fucking delight honestly. Um, but there's this really interesting thing where they get they, they kind of come in and she's like Frank he's he like he's he was just leaving he didn't do anything it's fine, um, and Frank is like you want to go for a ride 
and Jeff Jeffrey's like, no, I no thanks. And he's like, what do you mean? He's like, no, thank you. I don't want to go for a ride. And he's like, oh, going for a ride. That's a great idea. Yeah. Boys, let's go. And it's like so scary. I don't it know is. why. When villains are like refusing to, like, I don't even know how, because it's not even that. There was like a, a, a movie with, I think it was Peter Stromer. Oh God, no, it was fucking Green Hornet, I think. And it was um, Christoph Waltz, I'm pretty sure, plays the villain. And he's like, why does nobody think I'm scary? And he keeps like committing these atrocities and being like, do you guys think I'm scary? Nobody seems to think I'm scary. But he's just like killed like 10 people, like total cold blood. It's like that thing when villains are being like pally wally, but they're actually doing something horrifying. I was very excited about that. So they like stuff everybody in that car like all all uh so it's it's frank his three goons and dorothy and jeffrey and then i don't know if it's brad or jack but one of because brad and jack are in the back with jeffrey holy shit names (laughs) um and one of them goes you ever been to pussy heaven (laughs) that's the quote i have written down is pussy tits pussy heaven (laughs) (laughs) pretty much oh now i get it because i like didn't understand that where they go next is like is, is like a brothel for lack of a better term I, I just got, I just thought it was like a weird friend of theirs. I mean, <laughs> I guess it's like it of. is. Yeah. So Frank takes everybody to Ben, played by yes. Dean Stockwell, the incomparable Dean Stockwell. Oh man. Um, who is like his associate in yeah. crime, and he's the one who's holding Dorothy's husband and son hostage. Like that's where they are. Right. Um. So he mm. takes everybody there. And he asks, "What's his name?" He asks Jeffrey. <laughs> And he asks Jeffrey what kind of beer he likes. And Jeffrey, of course, says Heineken, to which Classic. Frank says, Heineken, fuck that shit. Pabst Blue Ribbon, which explains why I thought the line was Pabst Blue Ribbon, right. king of beer. Um, but they, The they, two beer genders, Heineken and Pabst Blue Ribbon. The two genders. But they have so much fucking PBR and they're drinking it out of bottles, which I have never seen before in my life. Yeah, no, I feel like that can't be real. I Um, looked it up and it's like not anymore. You'd have to buy like a $100 vintage bottle off of eBay. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Um, Also, when they pull up to Ben's house, Frank goes, this is it. And there's a little neon sign in the window that just says, this is it. Uh Uh-huh everything that's so good that's so lynchian might i even so say lynchian but yeah bad vibes in this place yeah no the vibes are off it's also really frustrating because there's like three fat people in this movie and they're all sitting together in one room for no yeah. other purpose than just to be like look it's three fat people i like david lynch has a fascination with like the way bodies can be different yeah it's not always something he explores in a way that's super respectful but i also it's like one of those things where it's like you know like you know a person's not trying to do anything mean but it's like i'm not skinny and then we see this room full of fat people and i'm like all right (laughs) also i want to say ben is like so interestingly made up he looks like yeah he's like almost looks like marie antoinette he's got like white powder on his face and like maybe a little lipstick and like some like eyeliner it's he looks like a haunted ventriloquist doll yes yes he does and like everyone's just being so weird to everyone when they go in there and like jack nance keeps introducing himself over and over again to jeffrey he's like i'm paul like haven't you been in like five scenes already literally like he says it a couple times and one of like the second or third time he goes i'm paul and i go we know like out loud (laughs) to myself in my room but frank is like very insistent that everyone start drinking that pabst blue room before it gets warm one thing he can't stand is warm beer. 
Not even for a second. Gotta draw the line somewhere. So this is when we get the only non-Frank fuck. (laughs) Yes. In the whole movie where he like decides the toast is going to be here's to your fuck or here's to my fuck or something. Here's to your fuck, Frank. Yep. Wild thing to have to say (laughs) Um, or to even say for your own reasons. Just crazy. Holy shit, this movie. (laughs) I'm like unraveling. Oh my God. (laughs) Also, as Paul is introducing himself a million times, did you ever watch Jimmy Neutron? Mm-hmm. Remember at the end, it was like that orangutan with like Hi, four I'm eyes. Paul. Exactly. <laughs> I couldn't. I was like, I was like, shut up, Paul. And then I was like, wait a minute. Hi, I'm Paul. I'm Paul. And then it like looks there. It looks like there's a drug exchange, but it seems like Ben is giving Frank money so Frank will take drugs. Yet yeah, Frank and Ben have this little private exchange where Ben gives him money and like a piece of paper and then a pill of some kind. Yeah. It's very interesting. Uh, But then after that, I believe it's Frank says, let tits go see her kid. Oh, Jesus. They send Dorothy in to see her husband and her son. Um, And then it's time for Dean to give a little performance. Holy shit. (laughs) So this is the scene that I was talking about much earlier where all over Twitter, the day that he died, like, everyone was posting this scene and like it just makes me really emotional now because it's just amazing it's incredible it's just so good he just he does this incredible lip sync performance to this song called in dreams and it is so beautiful and he's like holding this light up to himself like a microphone he's singing into it it's just mesmerizing it's so good and like i don't even know like why or like what about it is so like moving it's but just amazing just, to watch. But just like everybody agrees, it's just good and beautiful. And so much so that it makes Frank emotional and he's like starting to cry. And then that flips to rage because he's like pissed that he was like vulnerable and emotional in front of his men. Right. Um, so he makes him stop singing. And then he says, let's fuck. <laughs> he sure does. And he follows that up with um, the shocking line of, I'll fuck anything that moves. <laughs> so they're on a joyride. You're totally right. And uh, Frank decides he's going to gas up just in the car. Yeah. Behind so the wheel. So Maybe much. don't. And basically they decide they're going to drive around and they're going to terrorize Jeffrey. Literally. He's like so he's so gassed up that he flips out on Jeffrey for like looking at him, which yeah, is another yeah. like really iconic line for this movie where he's like, don't fucking look at me or like, don't you look at me. Um, but then he says something to him that I find really haunting. He looks at him and he says, you're like me. Yeah. And I think that's something that really sticks with Jeffrey and like fucks him yes. up. Yes, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Um. And basically, I guess kind of seeing that he's only starting to get a reaction out of Jeffrey, he then turns his attention towards um, towards Dorothy, which, again, this is going to veer into a salty territory where he's like, and again, he kind of does his baby thing a little bit. And he's like, what are these? Like, it, but not even yeah. he's like, what are these? Like in a weird, it's that fucking Key and Peele thing I was talking about. They're like, what is that? Like he's like has this moment of like seeming to I mean not seeming to but genuinely being like what like what are boobs and then he he like bites her nipple or something like hard enough to like make her like yell in pain and I think at that point Jeffrey freaks out and tries to stop him mm-hmm. um, and then the goons grab Jeffrey and yank him out of the car um, and we get such a weird moment that like I wish hadn't happened 
like I get they're kind of they're trying to be like sexual deviancy, but they're they're all restraining him and everything. And Frank's like huffing his sex gas, and then he takes out like a tube of lipstick, and he's like pretty pretty, and smears all over his face. And it's like, oh, I thought he was kissing him. He does, but he puts lipstick on to do it. Oh, I missed that. Yeah, it's what's all a lot happening at once, yeah. but. It's that thing I feel like of like he's weird and he's sex crazed and then it gets queer coded for a minute, which I don't love. Mm. Um, but yeah, like a lot of a lot of horror movies that address men's sexuality have that. Like, yeah. I mean, anything like adjacently queer can just get funky. It's like Buffalo Bill is a whole fucked up thing with the trans yeah, we'll community. We'll talk like, about in some months. <laughs> yeah, we sure will. Like, you know, horror, horror and sexuality are really tough to talk about together. Yeah. Um, and like... I don't think David Lynch was like, oh, scary, scary, gay. I think he was just like, what's something that you don't normally do? <laughs> I think I'm just kind of touchy about it. I don't oh, really no, know. No, no, no. That's totally fair. I just, I like didn't, that didn't even register with me. There's another woman also in the car who I think is supposed to be Brad Dourif's girlfriend. He has okay. a name, I think. I just, it was Brad Dourif. I don't know. Yeah. There's another woman in the car and she gets out and starts dancing on the roof, but it's another convertible. So you can like see her kind of bopping up and down on the cloth. And I got so nervous. She doesn't seem to fall. No, she's, <laughs> she's just, just dancing, dancing up there. She's danced on top of the car while frank beats the shit out of jeffrey yeah and then just like leave him in the dust of this sawmill and that's cinema baby yeah he's also like i'm gonna send you a love letter straight from the heart and i was like whoa interesting but then we find out that when he says a love letter he means a bullet from a gun (laughs) oh and in dreams i think is playing on the radio yeah it's playing and he's like speaking the lyrics to him yeah 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 oh my god and then I like I'm reaching a little bit, but in dreams I walk with you. I was like, fire walk with me. <laughs> um, probably not, but oh my god! And then he's like, I he's like, feel my muscles. He like flexes his arm. Holy shit, man! So much happens. Yeah, it's so fraught. It's then the next day he wakes up at this sawmill, just like bruised and bloody, um, and he goes home and just like cries in his bed, yeah. going over the events of the past few days and like he is seeing himself becoming like Frank, like the you're like me thing. Cause he's like, we see flashbacks of him like hitting Dorothy and her tooth chipping and just how he is becoming like the last thing he wants to be. Yeah. I'm so fucked up about the tooth chipping. Yeah. I think that's that's what happened. No, you're probably totally right. I really just, unless she's like had a chip tooth already. (laughs) No, you're, you have to be right. Cause that would be like, we would have noticed. Also, I feel like I shut you down about talking about, the lipstick being queer and not okay. I feel like I shut you no, down. No, 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 not at all. Okay, because you're right. I don't um, want. I don't want to be like no, no. I, I mean, I like that. It, I like that you don't read it like that because I would like to not read it like that. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Should I keep going? Yeah, you. So he's at his parents' house and he comes downstairs and his aunt and his mother, who've like been in this movie from time to time, we haven't really talked about them, but they're yeah. around. Um, but he comes downstairs and they see him like battered and they're like, what the hell happened? And he's like, I don't want to talk about it. And then his aunt's like, but like you look terrible or something. And he says, Aunt Barbara, I love you, but you're going to get it. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Holy shit. The thing is like part of it's really cute, but also it's really not like <laughs> it's just such a funny line. I think if we could see her reaction, it would be like, is this like a little bit they have? Right. But we don't. So we it's like, huh? say, you're going to get it. And then hard cut to the police station. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. And we, we I, he goes to the police station, I guess, to maybe report. Or to like talk to Sandy's dad or just. Yeah. Like, just to figure out what's going on. When he makes the alarming discovery that the yellow man is a cop. 
Holy shit. Of course he is. Of course he is. It was such a good reveal. It's so good because he's just sitting at his desk and he kind of looks up and Jeffrey like zooms out of the way. Oh my God. He like, he like looks at him and he like swerves, like go like get a drink of water from the water fountain. Yeah, 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 yeah. So stressful. Oh man. I I wrote like ACAP, ACAP, ACAP. Literally. Which somebody said that in a Jarvis Johnson stream and then somebody else was like, it means assigned cop at birth. And that made me laugh. (laughs) And then I was like, oh shit, is Detective Williams a dirty cop? Like everything was out the window then. Like, holy shit. So since he can't talk to anyone at the police station, he goes to Sandy's house to talk to her dad, like when he's not at work. So the yellow man does not overhear. So he, he shows Sandy's dad all of his like photographic evidence and explains. He's like, look, this guy you work with is involved. Um, and he tells him that Sandy isn't involved, had nothing to do with it, didn't do anything, did nothing to nobody. Right. right. He's like on his way out. And Sandy's kind of like, I wish I hadn't gotten you mixed up in all this. And she really shoulders a lot of the blame for it, which she shouldn't. Yeah. Um, and he's kind of trying to tell her that, but he really can't. Cause, and he's like, all right, are we still on for Friday? So that like... Her dad isn't like, why are you still standing in my house talking to my daughter? Which, like, it's so funny because they have a whole whispered conversation before her dad walks in. And she's like, yeah, we're on for Friday. And I'm like, you're not fooling anybody with that shit. So we see after that, Jeffrey standing outside watering the lawn with uh, sunglasses on, presumably to hide his black eye. But I was like, is he hungover? He just looks fantastic. Because he does. He looks cute. But I was also worried because he's uh, he's watering the lawn and that's how dad died. But he's fine. Nothing happens to him. Yeah, he's doing that. We see him visiting his dad in the hospital. So it seems like he might be over the whole detective thing. He's like, okay, like I gave my evidence to Sandy's dad. Like I did what I could do. That's that's in the past now. I'm going to be a normal boy. Right. And I think Detective Williams is like, you got to stay the fuck away from this for a minute. But basically the next thing I think that happens is that Jeffrey goes to Detective Williams house again to pick Sandy up for like a dance or like Mm -hmm. a party, really. And she's wearing, like, a pretty little dress and, like, a corsage, I think. But who else is there, Tara? Yeah, so the yellow man is also there. Uh, and he's, like, he's like pops around the door and he's, like, come on, Detective Williams. He has a first name. I don't remember what it is. He's, like, let's get moving. And they're, like, okay, let me just talk to Jeffrey. I'm, like, stop saying his name. It's so tense. Um, but they kind of get out of there without incident, I think, yeah, he for like, the most part. Because the yellow man is, like, standing right by the front door. So Jeffrey yeah, has, like, oh, squeeze God. by him to get out the door. And it's just, yes, like, excruciating. Right. But then they go to a very normal, quaint high school party. And it's like, yeah. after all we've seen, Jeffrey seems so out of place there. It's he does. great. Um, and she basically like asks him if he wants a drink, but then like a slow song comes on. He's like, you want to dance? Mm-hmm. So they dance and it's cute. Yeah. They, they dance to some Twin Peaks music. They kiss <laughs> and they share I love you's with each other, which is yes, very significant. Yes, they do. Yeah. Um, and I guess they leave just because they want to at yeah, some they're, point. They're just done. <laughs> yeah, the party's over. They're hanging. They're hanging out. No, they're not. They're leaving. They're not hanging out. Oh my god! But they get into the car, classic red convertible that Jeffrey drives as a college student, huh? Yeah. Whatever. I mean, maybe it's Dad's car, but still, holy shit, man! Um, but they start to drive home, and they're they start getting followed by like a black car. Yeah. Uh, so they're they're being chased by this black car and boy howdy is uh is Jeffrey stepping on it. Yeah, it's like a high speed chase. It is. It's like a fucking whole car chase. Um 
and he's like, oh my God, he's going to hit us. And they, the cart does hit them. And we, we, or I, at least as an audience member slash viewer, um, was like, oh my God, it's fucking Frank. Of course. He even, he says like, it's Frank. Oh, there you go. Um, but at some point, I don't know how she realizes, but, um, Sandy turns around and she's like, oh my God, it's Mike. Cause what happens is the car pulls up like right next to them. to like run right. them off the road. And then Sandy's like, oh, it's Mike. And we're like, oh, what a fucking relief. But there's still right. the matter of like a car trying to run them off the road. Right. But, like the stakes have lowered a little bit. Yeah. Um, and eventually they all pull over. They pull over at his house. I believe. I, I- think so. Yeah. They pull over at Jeff's house. And they all get out of the car and Mike is trying to fuck his shit up for stealing his girl. And did Mike and Sandy ever break up? Like, did she ever break up yeah. with him? Not that we see. Right? Not that we see. So when she was like, I love you, I was like, whoa. I was like, don't you have a boyfriend? <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's all happening. And they're all kind of like, also, again, a classic in, in David Lynch, but teens are drunk driving. Yeah. Or just people. But often like young people drunk drive in teens his love uh, to drunk drive teens love to drunk drive i again was just watching the first episode of twin peaks and it's bobby surfing drunk on the hood of the car yeah and then mike who seems like relatively sober and he goes have you boys been drinking he goes well we're all pretty broken up about laura but bobby's doing most of the driving and bobby's like zooted (laughs) um so fucking funny anyway they come out and they're starting to menace um to to menace jeffrey who's like not really worried about it because it's four high school boys right mike goes is this your mother and we look and it's full butt ass naked Dorothy. Yeah. Like beat up, seems like barely to know where she is. Just um, like kind of like standing there with like her like arms open. So it's just like you just see like her whole body just like cuts and bruises just entirely yeah. nude and yeah, freaks full everyone frontal, the fuck it's out. Crazy. Yeah. Mike is like, uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And they all like run off and leave. Yeah. Understandably. It's like really scary and upsetting to see. No, it is. Cause like, it we is. didn't see what happened, but like, right. And we just it. sort of see her like appear out of nowhere almost. Yeah. It's, it's like, I don't know if she was on the porch. She was like somewhere in like the shadows and you see her like emerge and like, I'm you probably like everyone watching like sees her at a different time, like come out of the shadows and like yeah. we don't know what happened, but we see the aftermath of what happened. So you know yeah. something terrible happened. It's so horrifying. And I have fun. F- well, they're not fun facts, but I have interesting facts about this. When David Lynch was a kid, he and his brother were like walking home from like the park or something. And there just was a fully naked woman like walking around or like laying down in the street. And he was like, I started crying. Like I was so scared. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting because you almost see that with Ron. I'm sorry not to do this, but like you almost see that with Ronette Pulaski in Twin mm-hmm. Peaks. She's clothed, but she's like has that same thing yeah. of like she's walking around and she's like kind of nonverbal and looks terrified. And it's it's just interesting that that like stuck with him. And like it's just interesting to see directors like specifically directors who dabble in or do horror to see them like like work out their trauma on yeah. screen. Like Mike Flanagan with the cats and David Lynch with like the like catatonic women and Ari Aster with the head trauma. Like it's just Uh fascinating to me. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so it was like, Oh, there's some backstory behind that. Like it wasn't sort of just like, it was an image that like specifically kind of disturbed him and fascinated him, which I was kind of like glad to know. It wasn't just like, we're going to put some female full frontal in here for the, like for shits and giggles. It was like, at least to him, there was some legitimate artistic like thing he was trying to do. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, whatever. But also Isabella Rossellini, when they were filming this, like went and asked people that were watching, like, 
to leave. Not even necessarily because she was uncomfortable. I, she might have been, but she was also like, like I think she said there might have been kids. She was like, I went, I asked someone to warn them that it was going to be like a tough scene. And she's like, and then I went and I spoke to people and they were like, we're good. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. I don't know if that was like the sad thing. That was the one I knew. Well, I mean. Okay. I, yeah. I, I knew both. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah. No, it is sad because it's it's also like her privacy. Yeah. I was just interesting because she was like, I don't, because it almost like the way I saw her talk about it was like she was worried about them and they were like, no, nah, we don't care. Holy shit. It's, no, it was just so weird. But, like, Mike and his friends immediately peel out. They're like, yeah, you got something yeah. bigger to deal with. Like, we're sorry. <laughs> we can do this later. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. Um, and they, like, clap each other on the shoulder. Like, Jeffrey and Mike, like, hold each other's arms for a second. Jeffrey's like, it's okay. And yeah, then, like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, holy shit. So, get um, her in the car to take her to Sandy's dad, which is not logic I entirely follow. Like, yeah, she's he like, can call he an can ambulance get... faster than anyone. And I'm like, why yeah, not take like, her to the hospital? She's in your yeah, car. Literally. I'd... But whatever. But I also. It's complicated. Like, yeah, it's weird. And, like, obviously, th- this gets, like, fraud and everything. But I was glad that um, Sandy doesn't go to the immediate place of, like, why is this naked woman here? It kind of takes Right. It she's, a like, putting, like, her, but her she's... Like, sweater over her. Yeah. And, like, trying like... to cover her. But then. Um, but then Dorothy's kind of like incoherent and clutching on to Jeffrey and like murmuring yeah. and we can see Sandy start to connect some yeah. of the dots there. Yeah. She starts to get like suspicious and they make it to the house and like Dorothy's just very naked and clinging to him just like in the living room and they don't get her yes. any clothes. Like they get her a coat eventually, but it takes way too yeah, long. Yeah, like the mom has to be like, okay, let's get her some clothes. Like after, like the mom walks in and she's like, okay, I just talked to your dad. Like the ambulance will be here soon. And then like Dorothy she's is so like, naked. yeah, she's so naked and she's holding on to him and she's like, ah, his disease is inside me now. And she goes, he's my secret lover. And then, um, oh boy, <laughs> oh boy. Um, and then I think at this point the mom is like, um, I'm gonna go get her a coat. <laughs> Because she's like, my daughter and this college-age boy are having a moment. Because <laughs> Sandy is just like, oh, God, it's so heartbreaking. She's just, like, horrified. Yeah, she's heartbroken. Like, it's... She literally, like, just told this guy she loved him, right? I know. The, it's such a good Laura Dern performance. It is. It's just, like, the pain on her face. Like, her face is, like, contorted. She cries like no other. It's... Oh, my God. It's amazing. Also, yeah, you said Dorothy has that line. She says, he put his disease in me, which is, like, (gasps) very chilling. And I was thinking also, like, kind of maybe how Jeffrey feels, too, about Frank. Yeah. Because he's, like, worried he's becoming Frank. And, like, he put his disease in him, too, by, like, being a part of this. And also forcing himself on him. I mean, like... Yeah, true. It's it's not... I, I Like, I would not call that rape. I would call it, like, an act of assault. I mean, he, like, yeah, forcibly kisses like him. Yeah, it was, sexually violent. Yeah, exactly. But Lorder um, just keeps crying and crying and crying and yeah. slaps him in the face. Yes. And I... This is really tasteless, but I'm going to tell you anyway. I wrote, well, great. Now I have a boner. Thanks, Sandy. <laughs> like... <laughs> and so, okay. Also, not to take away from that scene or that moment, because it's fantastic... And also not to defend Jeffrey's actions, but on paper, is that not what Sandy did to Mike? That's true. Like she had a boyfriend and then like ran off with someone else and told him that he, that she loved him. Yeah, that's true. And like, I mean, she, she didn't have sex with, what's his name? She didn't have sex with Jeffrey. Oh, right. (laughs) So it's like different, but like, just like on paper, like you are with someone and you don't tell them you are with someone else. Like, isn't that yeah. the same thing? <laughs> yeah. I think, you know what I think the thing f- 
I think the reason she's so upset about it is like because it's like an older woman I feel mm-hmm. like and it's like much more intense clearly yeah yeah no but no you're totally right because I was like well okay hold on a second but it's interesting because it, I kind of felt like there was this like cycle of corruption almost mm-hmm. where like because Sandy's constantly saying I'm sorry I got you involved in all this but yeah. he goes to Detective Williams to talk about everything and then like when he sees her he's like I'm gonna ask you about this stuff right like she um, didn't bring him into this at all yeah and so it feels like the older people keep corrupting the younger people yeah like like I, I don't want to be like Frank corrupts Dorothy but like it seems like he's older and like he traumatizes her is what I think happens yeah. but then in turn like by getting involved with Dorothy, he ends up getting involved with Frank. And then like, I feel like the kind of, I, 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 he puts his disease in him. Right. Exactly. Like I, I feel weird saying like, Oh, and then Jeffrey's corrupted. But I mean, as I understand he it, is, he totally. did fucking, he does, he does chip her tooth when he hits her. I really didn't realize that. I really almost thought like, I was thinking like, is she goading him to hit her? Cause mm-hmm. it's what she wants. Like sexually, I mean, pr- but I kind of both. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. But no, but really, like, obviously the whole breakdown of him becoming like Frank. And then he, I think, in a more subtle way, does corrupt um, does corrupt Sandy a little bit. Right, because, like, before he showed up, she was, like, preppy girl in high school, like, football player boyfriend. And then she's, like, yeah. sneaking off to dive bars with this college guy. Right, exactly. Like, she would, like... Which, like, not to say that that's, like, morally wrong to do. Like, no, but... Not to be, like, a Puritan over here, but, like, No, just but the movie paper. does kind of... Yeah. And, like, the movie is a little bit of a puritanical thing. Sure. I think. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I just... The idea of, like, all this sexual deviancy, the thing yeah. is, like, it's fine, but also none of it comes from a healthy place in this movie anyway, so I don't oh, yeah, really yeah. even know what I think. It's like how like people are like Fifty Shades is a bad depiction of a BDSM relationship, and it's like yeah, <laughs> like, that's not <laughs> yeah. a guidebook. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They they take they take Dorothy to the hospital, and um, oh man, it's so good. They're like, will you be joining us in the ambulance, or do you want to follow behind in your car? And he's like, oh, I'll be there shortly. And then he kind of looks to Sandy, and she's like, oh, go, literally, <laughs> like, go, go get your your lady. Basically. You better not be staying here. Oh, it's so good. I, she really, she does. She's like, uh, go. Literally. <laughs> I love Laura. So I think the next thing we see is like, they, he's at the hospital calling her up. Yeah. To like explain himself. They're talking and she's like crying and saying that she still loves him, but she just couldn't watch that. Which yeah. like, y- yeah, <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't either. I, I had trouble watching it and I these aren't real that. people. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I was like, girl, don't forgive him. And then I was like, or do he's cute. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Horrific. Um, but also like I, uh, it's fraught, but I think part of her is like, well, like not to be like, well, we weren't exclusive. <laughs> right. She's also a teenager. It's fraught. She's a teenager cheating on her boyfriend with a college yeah. boy who Ooh, was cheating on her, on her <laughs> yeah. with a lounge singer. It's very fraught. <laughs> yeah. It's like a love Pentagon. <laughs> Um, but she also, she's like, is Dorothy okay though? Which I thought I, that made me happy that she was like, even after she's like certain she's not oh, like, yeah, she's well, never fuck like, her. fuck that woman. She's yeah, like, Hey, yeah. why'd you do that? Jeffrey? Yeah. <laughs> and then she's like, is Dorothy like, okay. And he's like, yeah, she'll be fine. Cause of course, like Dorothy didn't know about her. Dorothy's never seen no. her in her life. Like, no, Dorothy probably still hasn't seen her, you know? Like, right. <laughs> I was um, like, it's never even like a thought in Sandy's mind to be like that wicked woman. Yeah, and that makes me really happy. She's like, no, you. Fuck you. Yeah, yeah, correct. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she has this heartbreaking moment, which is, like, not in the same context by any means, but that I, like, 
sometimes even still experience now where she's like sitting on the phone crying and she goes where is my dream yeah fuck me man dude <laughs> like just like having been a teenage girl sitting around crying being like where is my dream where is like my sweet boyfriend to sweep me off my feet and shit Literally. like we were like all promised from like infancy we were all told like rigorously from like every disney movie and fucking cartoon and blah. like i i get so like and my dream is in a hospital thoughts. waiting room with a woman sexually <laughs> enslaved yeah holy shit I don't know. I just thought that was cool for her to be like, because the idea of like her forgiving him and being like, I still love you, but being like, this is different now. Like, yeah, this like, isn't my dream sucks. anymore. Yeah. yeah. I thought that was cool. <laughs> Me going on my like indoctrination of like <laughs> heterosexuality, but also like, I just remember getting so mad, like at Taylor Swift's 15. I was like, nobody told me they loved me when I was 15. Cause I remember hearing that song and being like, Oh, that's when no too young. When you're 25 and someone tells you that they love you. I said, no, not dad missing. I don't. Okay. I know what you're saying. Okay, great. Because <laughs> I don't. So, okay. Act three. Here we go, people. Jeffrey <laughs> is going to go back to Dorothy's apport- apportment. <laughs> no, I got to start that sentence. Dorothy's apportment. <laughs> Dorothy's apportment. Dorothy's apportment. Um, <laughs> so... Jeffrey's going to go back to Dorothy's apartment one final time and he wants Sandy to tell her dad everything and send him like reinforcement and backup. Uh, But Sandy is freaking out because nobody can find her dad because he's busy conducting a raid on Frank's place and killing all of his guys. It's so crazy. The raid scene is like really quick, but really fucking good. Yeah. It's like blink and you miss it almost. Yeah. It's like really, really rapid fire, but it's like really cool. And they're like shooting up the fucking windows. And I think like, I think a slow song is playing. Probably. (laughs) It might even be Blue Velvet again. I just live for that shit when it's it's like cheerful music happens with like destructive and or violent things happening at the same time. I love dissonance. Mm -hmm. So fucking cool. Delicious. (laughs) So Jeffrey's in the apartment and he... Um, There's so much going on in this apartment. Yeah. He sees a lot of things. It's like almost comical the way he like walks in and you just see so much shit. It's like... Yeah. It's nuts. It's like you got Don with his no ear. Uh, Dorothy's husband. Yes. Um, <laughs> Don, Dorothy's husband, uh, tied up to a chair, ear missing, blue velvet stuffed in his mouth. Yes. Because of fucking course. Um dead as a doornail <laughs> really dead really quite dead like it looks like he could have been like choked by the velvet almost like yeah he looks like a corpse also he looks like he's been dead for like yeah. a long time maybe which is probably not the case but but just like lots of blood yeah also. yeah Ooh. uh and then we also have the even more baffling yes. um the yellow man is there he standing. seems yeah he's standing up straight but he seems pretty dead and we can like see some of his brain sticking out of his head yes like his gray little brain it's like he's absolutely Holy going shit. to die but right now yeah. he is standing up with exposed brain yeah it's so wild uh um, but the yellow man also has a police radio so jeffrey can hear from the radio the aforementioned raid going on mm-hmm. um and so he really takes one look at this and he starts to leave and he's content to just let the police find these guys on their own and figure it out. And like there's diegetic or sorry, there's it's diegetic if it's playing in the scene, right? Yeah. So there's non-diegetic, I would assume music playing. And then it stops right when he shuts the door. And I was like, Oh, because I was starting to fade a little bit just as I was tired. Like I wasn't not picking up what was happening, but the door shut and the music stopped. And I was like, Oh, like my antenna went up. Uh, It was just a cool moment. 
But as Jeffrey starts to leave the man with the alligator briefcase, who I think at this point we're supposed to know is Frank in disguise. I don't know when we learned that, but I didn't he's know there said it. and he sees him. So Jeffrey runs back into the apartment um, and grabs the radio from the yellow man to speak to Detective Williams. But as he's talking, he's like, I'm in the apartment. He remembers that Frank has a radio too and will hear what he's saying. So he lies. He's like, oh, I'm hiding in the bedroom closet. Um, and then goes and hides somewhere else. And then he's like, and he says something. I think he's like, Frank is coming upstairs in the well-dressed man disguise. And I was like, huh? It's <laughs> like, when, when did we know that? Yeah, he's coming upstairs in the what now? I was fully, I thought the well-dressed man was somebody else. It's hard um, to know. Yeah. And I mean, it's not, a, I, they do explain. And like, this was one time where I was very glad that David Lynch did not trust the audience too yeah. hard. Cause I would have been confused. Although I guess if he took off his shit and like it was right. Frank under there, I'd be like, Oh, cause pretty shortly after he walks into the apartment, takes off his disguise, takes some more gas and goes yeah. nut nut. He does. He goes fucking nut nut. And he also yells, I know where your cute little butts hiding. Hilarious. <laughs> He's right. Um, He's ranting and screaming. He's like, didn't you know I have a police radio? And I'm like, yeah, he did. He does know. He knows exactly that. He remembered at the last possible second. I know. Like, as he was speaking Um, into it, he remembered. Right, exactly. I feel like he almost said it on, like, the radio. He has a radio. He has a radio. I mean. (laughs) Exactly. He being me. Um, Jeffrey. Jeffrey has a radio. (laughs) Um, But Frank's lumbering around the apartment, probably swearing up a fucking storm. Um, and then he comes back out into the living room cause he's like, where, yeah, <laughs> where, where Jeffrey, but, uh, Jeffrey's hiding in his classic hiding spot, classic. the living room cabinet doors or <laughs> cabinet. He's inside a cabinet. He's like up on the countertop. <laughs> me, me in middle school, I hid inside a cabinet and like underneath someone's TV. Classic. Or I think it was like, you know, like it was like a glass, cla- uh, <laughs> a glass cabinet. <laughs> why is that so funny okay a glass cabinet anyway i shut myself inside the cabinet it was like a magnetic door too so i did not have any guarantee it would open which is weird because i'm kind of claustrophobic but mostly in crowds anyway he was in a cabinet just like me no he was in a closet he's (laughs) jesus so jeffrey's in the closet and frank notices him through the slats and he starts walking forward and he's like threatening him i guess uh and he throws open the doors and uh jeffrey just shoots him right in that face like right <laughs> Holy shit. middle of the forehead yeah headshot yeah he's dead absolutely crazy town like we see the brains fly out yes which is the perfect time Ooh. for sandy and her dad to show up and they just see fucking brains everywhere oh boy um and i was worried because um detective williams says like it's all over now jeffrey and i was like do they think jeffrey did this <laughs> i mean like he did shoot he frank did but like did they think he like orchestrated the crime happening um but the next thing we see is um is sandy and and jeffrey hugging it out in the hallway so yeah, it's and they, fine they, like kiss and make up and they're all good now yeah yeah well i was like this is cute and everything but maybe don't kiss right now at this time in front of the active crime scene but tara how else will we they know do. that she forgives him for cheating on her right exactly i guess you can even call it that i don't know what they were yeah forgives him for being being a fuck boy for being like that <laughs> exactly um so sometime later we see jeffrey relaxing in the backyard and it's like 
it starts with a shot of just his ear and then zooms yeah. out to the rest of his face. And I just have to say, and this is like no shade against Kyle MacLachlan. He looks beautiful in this shot. But if there were a shot in a movie that close to my face where you could see every pore and hair follicle, I would kill myself. Yeah, it's a lot. No, I was like, oh, no, he's got like a little white head. Like, <laughs> Which like it, me too I've all the time. Seen, I've never seen that much of someone's face in a movie. It was so close. Like, it was so like, um, close to his face. It's like the magnifying side of a mirror. It was so intense. Yes, like that 10x side of the mirror. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's awful. But I mean, he looks perfect, which yeah, of course is he does. even more annoying. <laughs> we like exit out of his ear after having gone in through Don's ear. It's like David's like, remember that? Yeah. Remember that <laughs> he's like, ear? He's like, the movie's over now, mostly. You left the ear. It's like, it's like you exit the ride and this is like the epilogue. Um, and he's like, he's like lounging on a lounge chair outside in the backyard. Um, and like, I don't know wh- who, where they are because like everybody's all around, like both of their families. I'm like, are they married now? They're like having lunch or something? It's- yeah. She comes out and she's like, lunch is ready, Jeffrey. And I'm like, what's happening? And they all go inside and they gather around the window to watch a robin eat a beetle, which is like that metaphor we half-heartedly tracked. It's like <laughs> yeah. good eating evil. Sure. Yeah. And someone says, strange world. Yeah. I'm they're like, like talking about the robins. <laughs> yeah. Because what I- the fuck? I think, um, I think, uh, Jeffrey's like, oh, the Robins are finally here or something. And I was like, that's what a Robin looks like. (laughs) And then we kind of, we go back again. We go back out the way we came a second time where we see like the same idyllic shots. Yeah. Like the flowers and the fireman waving right into the camera again with his Dalmatian and then more flowers. But then we get another epilogue. Yeah. Um, of the cutest little baby running around in the park in a very familiar hat. hat. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, straight into Mama's arms, and Mama is—you guessed it. Sorry, I was like moving the mic while I said that. <laughs> Mama, <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> sorry. Mama is—you guessed it. Dorothy Valen. She got her son back, even though her husband is dead. Yeah, but moving swiftly along, <laughs> she has she her got propeller her baby hat back. Set. And she—we end on the line again from Blue Velvet. I can still see Blue Velvet through my tears. Um. While she's like holding her son, I think. And it's like, I thought it was maybe this idea of like, there's still this lasting trauma. Of course there is. I mean, yeah, not like, yeah. not like, duh, Tara, but like, <laughs> like, absolutely, yes. No, yeah, yeah. And then we get those, uh, those flowy blue velvet curtains, We baby. love that blue velvet. Movie over. The end. Woo. Hey, Tara, final thoughts on blue velvet? I really liked it. I just like I just like David Lynch, and also this was like it's like a surefire guarantee because it's so similar to Twin Peaks. Yeah. So I was like having a grand old time. It's just awesome, and it's like definitely I feel like the most narratively straightforward David yes. Lynch movie. Where like I don't feel like a dumbass the whole time. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> and like I can confidently sit here and be like, "This is what happened in this movie." Right, right. Whereas, like Mulholland Drive, I don't, I don't. Know oh, I don't happens. know what. Like I don't, I don't even know, know what, what Silencio means. Movie. I don't know what's going on. Did I watch it and times. think it was cool? Yeah, it's so confusing. What, I don't know what happens in Mulholland Drive. David, but I know what happens in this movie. David, would you care to elaborate on what happens in Mulholland Drive? <laughs> He's been sitting here the whole time. He's like, sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's like, I'm glad you asked. So we don't we don't say any we don't say anything. He's been sitting here quietly for two and a half hours. In one of our bedrooms. <laughs> uh, but great movie. Apparently yeah. was very controversial upon release. Like, people thought this was a scandalous movie. 
makes sense. The Roger Ebert review of it, he said it was like a horrible and like demeaning depiction of women. And interesting. I honestly didn't even think of it that way. Yeah. Like, I guess he was like that like woman was just there to be naked and like beaten. But like, I didn't really see it that way. Yeah. I'm sure I mean, some I've... people do. And like, that's totally yeah. valid. But I just that wasn't my read of it. Yeah, I mean, the gender roles are a little traditional as far as, like, Sandy and Jeffrey go. But um, I feel like, yeah, no, I mean, I think that definitely, I see how that could be, like... It's a valid criticism. Yeah, absolutely. But I think also, like, she's not just there, like, it's like, we're not supposed to enjoy it. Do you know what I mean? Like, she's not there for us to ogle so much as it is, it is, she's there to kind of... Yeah, I think to have us, like, interrogate the horrors of sexual violence. That sounds, like, very dramatic, but... No, I think you're... You hit the nail on the head, Tara. Thank you. I just didn't like how I said it. No, I was just surprised because, like, I didn't even consider that until I read that review. And then I was like, oh, am I bad? No. No. Did he put his disease in me? (laughs) Fuck. His Um, disease in my psyche? (laughs) It's more likely than you think. More likely than you think. (laughs) Frank Booth saw our psyches and he said it's free real estate. (laughs) So, Tara... If you had to wager a guess what the Bravo TV network chose as the, what is it, 84? 84th 84th scariest movie moment. What would you say? I feel like it has to be like the ritualistic rape scene, quote unquote. It has to be. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, of course it is. And like, I don't, I don't disagree. I, I don't think I could argue for any scene other than like when that scene happens in a movie, I don't think you can say anything else is scarier. Yeah, it's so it's so graphic. I'm sorry. I don't mean you have to cut me starting to giggle because I was just thinking about this might could happen to me. This because this might could happen to me. That's that the issue. The full, the full quote was this might could happen to me in my attic. <laughs> so I guess we both agree that that's the scariest yeah. moment. It's just it's just fucking scary. Come on. It's scary. It's scary, man. Um, is this the time I just remember really early on I don't even know if this is in an episode or not but you were talking about how like fuck Eli Roth and you were like at some point he's like the assault is the scariest scene and you're like fuck you it's not this one he doesn't show oh, his not. he doesn't show hide nor tail in this no. segment he probably yeah, hasn't seen sense. it <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, but who does show hide and tail is Rob Riggle of the Upright Citizens Brigade oh my god <laughs> I feel like now is not the no he's not thrusting us into this segment with a dennis hopper impression she's that like you gotta see to believe it is just like screaming it's like actually a a pretty decent impression like as you may expect from rob regal right but it's just like so much like it's like the title card like 84 blue velvet and just cut hard cut to rob regal screaming That's really funny. <laughs> um, Holy shit. But then after that, you'll never believe who we see. It's Olivia Hussey. <laughs> ah! It cuts to Olivia Hussey going, ugh. <laughs> I love she her says, so much. Ugh. And just says how scary Dennis. That's the thing. Everyone in this segment is talking about how scary Dennis Hopper is. Like, that's all they're saying, which, like, mm. is probably... um a symptom of it being like on Bravo TV. They couldn't be like, and that rape was horrifying. So everyone's like, yeah, Dennis Hopper was pretty scary. Huh? When he did that thing with the gas and he did the mommy <laughs> thing, that was scary. Right? Like we all know what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. 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 
And then it also oh, cuts man. to Ryder Strong, like nervously giggling. He's like, it's so scary. <laughs> He's horrified and like giggle. Like, you know, when you're like so scared, yeah. you laugh. He's <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. That's really funny. And it was just, Jesus. it was just great. <laughs> that's. Hey, Riley. Hi, Tara. What are we watching next week? Next week, we are watching The Others from 2001. Oh, shit. Directed by Alejandro Amenabar, which is a movie I haven't seen. Have Me you neither. seen it, Tara? I have not. I have the DVD in my room, though. I didn't I check I also have works. the DVD because we can only watch this movie on yeah. DVD. It is not streaming anywhere. We can't rent it anywhere. Like, we purchased DVDs to watch this, which I'm like, yeah. why is this movie so elusive? Isn't that weird? It's, yeah. Because I was confusing Dimension Pictures with, like, some obscure movie, like, company called oscilloscope right. but They're dimension not similar. is scream and shark yeah. boy and lava girl like dimension's big so oh man okay well this is fun because yeah. this movie is one of um at the time i guess not a t- well there have been a fuck ton of adaptations of the turn or like of the screw anything inspired by the turn of right. the screw. like people love that Yes. Um, and so this is, I don't know if it's inspired by or if it is specifically an adaptation. I think it's more like it's somewhat based on the turn yeah. of the screw rather than a direct adaptation. But I haven't but seen certainly, it. Certainly, yeah, that's true. I don't know for sure. But it's certainly in that general realm. Yeah. Um, so should I say it or should I wait? We have a treat for the audience. Yeah. <laughs> that was creepy look, how I said it. Look forward to a little treat. Yeah, a little something something. <laughs> we we got we got a little special bonus surprise coming next week uh related yeah, yeah, to the yeah. turn of the screw. So, look forward to that. Yeah. Um and I would be remiss if I didn't just mention gird your brains um <laughs> because Christopher Eccleston's in this one and I'm going to be talking about it. Ladies, gentlemen, anyone listening to the pod, we're about to go feral. <laughs> this is his third appearance on the uh, the list, That's I think. That's wild. It is. Yeah, 28 Days Later, Shallow Grave, and now the others. Christopher Edison. I hope he comes up again. That'd be amazing. <laughs> I know. I have no idea. He's really the MVP of this pod. He, Christopher, guest on the pod, I'm begging. Christopher, don't listen to the episodes. To. Do not. <laughs> don't listen. <laughs> Please. Uh, I mean, unless, unless, hey, unless you want some compliments that are maybe a little inappropriate. <laughs> unless you want, like, really aggressive compliments that may make you <laughs> yeah. uncomfortable, then go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, then rock on. Uh, <laughs> Woo-wee. Jesus Christ. So look forward um, to that, guys. Yeah. If you want to watch along with us, unfortunately, it you need to buy a like, DVD. Yeah. Like it, it seems like you're going to have to make a literal entire purchase. Um, <laughs> I f- yeah. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, good luck. <laughs> Otherwise, if you would like to be surprised, then go right on ahead and, and don't buy a DVD. If yeah. you don't want to, we'll tell you how um, it goes in the meantime, with all the time you spend not watching the others on DVD, <laughs> uh, you can follow us on Twitter um, at Fright Your Life. You can also follow us on Instagram at Fright Your Life. Um, and you can follow me and Riley at Tara Elwood on Twitter and at Riley Cassidy one, the number one. Uh, also on Twitter. Uh, I'll let you guess who's who. <laughs> <laughs> and join us next week as we try to give you the, the fright, fright of your, of your life. life. Ooh. Ooh.